cameras and unplug your Atari. We're going on a road trip to visit Brandon because I don't know where the heck he is, but we got to find him. And also, we got to find a store. This is episode 239 of the Figure Podcast, where along the way, we're going to pick up our good friend, Katie Mitchell, because we're going to go watch some machines along the way. I'm Bed Magnet. That's Brandon McClure, Ryan Eliopoulos, and Sparks Woody. We're reviewing Mitchell's machines today. And I'm not going to stop talking about that because we're going to talk about that a lot later. I was so we're wondering where this was going, and now I understand. <laughs> Real quickly, Ben. Um, because our audio listeners, uh, you should let us introduce. You should let us actually say something when you introduce us, because they don't see where you're pointing. Oh, we have been an audio podcast since the beginning. Don't forget. <laughs> Very true. But my name is Ryan Leopolis. I'm the dumb one. Bing bong. <laughs> uh, as Ben alluded to, I'm uh, on vacation, so I've made a, a a a little podcast hovel for myself. So would you really call it vacation? No. Right. you're on a you're on a you're on, in a you're on leave you're in a different place is what it is yes i'm, I'm on leave um it's uh, like the, uh, visual, people watching this are like hey that's not where brandon it normally like, is where's like his an orange training car like you're like team. where's his trading cards at no I, right trade him, I trade him my trading cards for an elmo that is a horrible trade why would you do that hey elmo's pretty he's he's pretty all right no no elmo's cool don't get me wrong but if I had a bunch, if I had all the Godzilla Magic the Gathering cards, I'm not trading those in for a Tickle Me Elmo. Just has Elmo so. has Elmo been a kaiju yet? Has he been big? Has he been the size of a city yet? Is that I a Grover know, thing? Because it's Grover I Field. I have, I don't know, but I have to say, earlier today, I was in the middle of an argument about whether or not Clifford the Big Red Dog was a kaiju. Oh no, we we've had. Oh, you're right. Oh, that's yeah. I know what you did. Oh, uh, you know what I did. <laughs> all right, that's a good conversation for 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 the past and the future. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, real quickly, there's links in the description. Are um, there? All I can see is my keyboard. So there, there are links in the description. Um, ben, you have a latest uh, old school gamer. Yes, I do. Uh, article is up there about uh, using video game guides to help you beat older retro games since we're all adults and our time is very, very, very limited. Ain't that the truth? Wow. That got dark. I didn't expect game guides to be like the sad depression of adults. I thought it was like... I, can't, I, don't know how, I don't know how to be Mario. No, it wasn't the fact. That... <laughs> okay, oh, no. I could see how I could see how that. Uh, Pull up, Ben. You're on a nosedive. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have I have a link in the description for um, the Fakner Podcast uh, website, my bitching about nothing blog. Uh, I talk about the Cinerama Dome. Um, I'm a little behind on the news. I have a MonsterVerse one coming out this week. Mm-hmm. um because my uh my girlfriend edits them helps me edit them so and she hasn't had the time to look through them i've got nice. like i got like 10 articles banked <laughs> i'm just waiting to to put out and then there is falcon and the soldier episode six our fake notes watch that's in the description below uh the final episode of falcon Winter soldier aired and we talked about it we sure did bird boy and Sadman are no more it is Sadman and captain america and there then there's a conversation. Uh, I talked to Michael Tanner on conversation. Uh, he is the host of the Burn After Pitching podcast, part of the Grand Geek, Geek Gathering. Uh, that was a good one. I learned about Tiki fandom. Yo. Yo. Yeah. Tiki man. Tiki fandom, dude. Because I listened yeah. to that episode and I didn't even know that there was a thing up for Tiki fandom. I was like, hold up. I thought that was just an aesthetic. There's a there's a fandom for this. So I, for, for everything. Yeah. 
So uh, I um I record them on video and then I convert them to audio for you um uh for just a little peek behind the curtain for those of you who don't know. Um and uh there's a moment in the video that's really funny that he's like I'm part of the Tiki fandom and I'm like rip what's the Tiki fandom and that just became the episode. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I don't want to know what it is because I have in my mind, I think I know what it is and I bet it's wrong. It's pretty fun. It's a good episode. I enjoy talking to him a lot. Um, He's talked about paying me back um, doing something with his show. So we'll see what happens. Um, And then finally, uh, Fickner Fickner Book Club uh, Audio has a new, has the final Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, six through eight volumes. Um, That's up now on the audio feed for you audio listeners. And that's it. Super duper. Who wants to go first of the week? Uh, actually, before we do that, I have to do a correction. <gasps> you do. I do recall. I was going to wait till we get into the news, but we should do this well, now. It needs to be done up top. Um, okay. uh, Malcolm Spellman's black. Yeah, I wasn't so, going to say anything because I wasn't. I looked it up. <laughs> so, so correction. Malcolm Spellman's black, and I made a strong point last week of being disappointed that he's a white writer working on the show. Uh, I didn't do my proper work and dig into anything i just ran with what i saw first and not looking into it Mm -hmm. um because it fit the narrative of what i wanted to talk about anyway and that's not okay and uh, i've already gone and put a a note from me on our previous week's episode and on our falcon winter soldier finale Mm -hmm. but that that's on me uh i have egg on my face because i didn't do my due diligence um and i need to be more responsible about stuff like that so that definitely happened. Um, I definitely also learned a lot about how I, I should have just ran with an idea and done the research and talked about how Malcolm Spellman might not be the best person to spearhead a Captain America film anyway, uh, which doesn't have to do with his race, but just has to do with like misguided ideas. Thing that we never talked about is Malcolm Spellman and his wife were the people who were also attached with Benioff and Weiss to Confederate, yeah. which is the alternate history on the Civil War uh, series, and how they defended that show gives me a little bit of a window into how Falcon and Winter Soldier went the way it did and what Captain America might be, um, which makes me a little nervous. Um, but uh, Malcolm Spellman's race is not a factor in like the qualifications of who should be writing what. Um, so, sorry. I didn't do my research well enough, um, but I did this week. So there it is. It was an honest mistake. And the important thing is that, is that you said what you said just now. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I mean, you know, I also, I'll also take some blame there. I didn't do the research at all. Uh, I just went off what you were saying. So. Yeah, but I'm the one, I'm the one who did it and I championed that. And as, as my point and that, was wrong right um you know okay um uh, i will go first let's do it do it uh i watched a little more black lightning it's a really good show i, I more people should watch watch it and talk about it it's, it's dumb that they don't um i think it's because nobody because they don't market that show and it's canceled i agree but i mean <laughs> like even while it was you know no i season yeah. two season three season four like this it's dumb yeah. It's a good show. Um, Vivi uh, is the anime that we're watching. Watched another episode. I like it. I'm not sold. Like, this, I, I wouldn't call it, like, a must-watch. Yet. Uh, I'm not 
sold on the protagonist and I'm not sold entirely on the premise. Um, part of it is that this episode did a time jump and we didn't know that it did a time jump um, until like halfway in. And we're like, oh, it's a time jump. And it looks like the next episode is very clearly doing a time jump, but uh, that definitely threw me for a bit. Um, I am also watching you, uh, which I kind of saw before. Well, I kind of saw it before uh, when it was first out on Netflix because Megan was watching some of it and I jumped in at a random point. And uh, so now I'm just jumping back and watching what I didn't before mm-hmm. and going through so I could go into season two. And, and I'm kind of doing that with Megan, but I'm mostly doing it on my own because she's seen it all. Okay. Uh, and I did that kind of in passing to work around schoolwork this week. She and I started a new show. We started Schitt's Creek, um, oh, nice. which she actually watched a bunch of before me because apparently I was sleeping when she was watching a bunch of it. Um, but, but now I think we're both at new stuff together. Uh, I did a little bit of the CW catch up and I just want to highlight... Um, the way they handled Ralph Dib- Dibney's exit was weird. Did they, did they, because that guy turned out to, yeah. He did so, like that, some... so that actor got fired because yeah. of his bad tweets, uh, bad tweets yeah. in the past. So I wonder if it was a thing that they're just going to, they actually wrote him off the show with him saying goodbye. They wrote him off the show with a see you later. Oh, and, and here's the thing. Um, so what happens is, if you don't know, like Ralph Dibney is the elongated man on The Flash. And so he comes in with uh, Sue, Sue, who will Dibney. be his eventual wife, um, but isn't yet. And uh, in fighting Mirror Master, he did a thing to save people that caused this big explosion that burned his skin. And so when he comes in, he's just this goop mess mm-hmm. around his face that's all burned. So it's not the actor. And he's like, and okay. so, so that then Cisco puts him into a chamber, and they put him in a new suit that I can only describe as like one of the guys from Daft Punk. Okay. And he comes out with this like, you know, I'm looking real up. real techno mated voice, and he's like, "Oh come on, guys, you know I'll always be there for you, but right now we gotta go into hide and do this thing." And so like he's off on this side quest, and everybody's doing like, "Well." You'll always be in our hearts, Ralph. And it's like, don't worry, it's not goodbye, Barry. I'll be back sometime. And I'm like, this is really bizarre. And it's it's like it's, it's not the actor. No, it's because oh, okay. you can't see his face. It's just it's like a Tron outfit with a voice that you yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of can't recognize, trying to like get the affection of him. And when he does come back, he'll be played by a different actor. And I guess they're going to literally explain it by like, well, his face she morphed morph. into it's like a Reed Richards. he can, he morph he can already morph yeah, he's I, done I it remember. Yeah, yeah. but here's the here's the thing that people bring up so they're gonna like try and justify it with like a, well after the burn like this is the the way that his body has like reassembled to most comfortably look and I'm like sure but he can morph into anybody so why wouldn't he morph into him himself yeah <laughs> I would he's done it all the time on the show before why wouldn't he just always be his old self that's the advantage of having a power that allows you to anyway that's how they're handling it. It was really awkward. It felt awkward to watch. I was like, this is really weird. And it's just like a side note in them having like the final buildup of what would be the season finale last year, confrontation with Mirror Master. And I'm like, this is just weird. This is just bizarre. <laughs> it's it just one of those really weird things where like, I'm glad they addressed it on some level. It's such a weird way to do it. Um, like he could have just written a card. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're in hiding. The end. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is that like, uh, the episode that was after that, which, which 
the show very clearly like season finale, even though they said like, oh no, the Mirror Master stuff is going to get bigger and it's going to play out in this bigger thing. And it's like, no, very clearly like three episodes and then it was the season finale you originally intended more or less. And now we're actually at the start of the new season because there's like a one month time jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I, and I'm not, I don't want to like say it's a one for one, but the show's taking some cues from Endgame and they're trying to bring some of like what worked for Endgame from that. And what I mean when I say Endgame, I'm talking about the beginning of Endgame with like the aftermath of an event because Mirror Master successfully pulled everyone in Central City into their domain and yeah. made copies of them for a moment. Um, and a when they and when they were and when when they were sucked they were sucked away like they the the realm like messes with you mm-hmm. and. Uh, the amount of time you were sucked away is, is a factor in that. But so like there's therapy groups in central city, cause this happened to everybody. So everybody's aware, like they're talking about like at this big event, like, Oh, it is. It really is happened to everyone. And, and, and so there's like therapy things that they're trying to go to. And they're talking about like, this is my experience when I was sucked into the void. This is how it got me. This is how it got my loved ones. And then it got me. Do they, so instead of the of blip, do they call it like the suck? They haven't called, <laughs> they haven't given it a name. They just say like when, when, when they don't even say Mirror Master because she had like a, a name that they knew. Uh, I forget her name right now. Um, when the world broke like glass. But when but when she pulled us away into the Mirror Dimension, they do call it the Mirror Dimension. But like there's no event name. Yeah. But it is interesting watching them try to bring like this psychological effect of mass supervillain event to something. Uh, I'm not going to say like they're sticking the landing on it or anything and I'm not far enough to really say that that that's been fully developed. I hope that they develop it further since it is something that literally everybody in the city is talking about. Like this happened to all of us and we all kind of have to collectively deal, deal with what just happened. Uh, and that that is interesting. Um, and it's also like got this mentality in the city of like people feeling like nobody knew this, but Barry's speed was gone or dwindling at that point. He, he was running on like very minimal artificial speed, but to the most of the city, they're like, why wasn't Flash there? Because he was there, but only at the last second, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, and, and not really the last second. He was there a few hours after everybody was gone uh, and he saved them. And so everybody there, there's this discussion of like the flash saved us, but why wasn't the flash there before all this kind of Speed discussion? Stuff. Like he hasn't been around for weeks, this kind of thing. Um, Fastest man alive. He's always late. So, so it's like, there's definitely this interesting nugget of wanting to talk about like the trauma caused by events like that. And uh, and how how much they can rely on or hold responsible both the success or failure of the superhero who's fighting for them. Um, I don't know how far they'll run with that, but it is interesting to see them try. run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, um, I want to talk about something that I don't think really any of you are really really going to be too interested in. But you know, it's been 22 years, and we finally got this really kick-ass new game, uh, new Pokemon Snap, which I was super super excited to pick up. Uh, I had just, I've had just a blast. It's been a nostalgia trip. Definitely nobody is interested in this besides me. It's such a little niche thing. Um, but good, Anakin. A good. great time. What's poke? What's poke? 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 poke oh, new Pokemon Snap, man. Here, I'll show it to you because you oh. might not have seen it before now. Um, <laughs> new Pokemon Snap is super great. Pre-ordered it. Was really happy to pick it up. Spent a big chunk of my Friday playing it. Uh, just what a nice calm and relaxing thing it's super cool the way they've developed it because like got like day and night versions of courses and you'll be able to like as you get more familiar with the pokemon their behaviors change which is a really cool aspect of it um i really enjoy it i think it's a really great time uh 
it, it got me like a little bit more into Pokemon again. So like I, I re-picked up Let's Go Pikachu, which I left behind on my Switch. And I'm like, I'm going to get back into that. And Pokemon Go, it's just a nice time. And Megan's kind of interested in it, which is great. Um, but it's such a nice little thing that I can just do now between like school stuff because I can just pop in, do a course and like, oh, yeah, it's just going to work on like this one particular photo I really want, that kind of thing, which is really nice. I'm going to throw an apple at that guy. Yeah. Um, that was most of my week, though. <laughs> ben, you go next. <laughs> Well, uh, apparently, I guess no one else here is, is likes Pokemon Snap or anything what, of that what, sort of thing. Oh, oh, Ben, is that is that new Pokemon Snap on your dresser? Uh, is it? I don't know. I can't Hot tell. Dog. I don't like Pokemon, I didn't know, like, I no I didn't know you, you like Pokemon. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know. Well, 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 if it's not that, then you should definitely talk about. If it's not that, then you should definitely talk about other things because we already went over Pokemon Snap, so you don't need to say anything about Sparks it. Sparks already said, talked about Pokemon Snap. So I crushed it. That's it. it. So if done. you want to talk about, like, 1999's Pokemon Snap, like, I mean, I'm here for it, baby. Sure, I'll talk about 1999's Pokemon Snap. I love that game. Don't I put the quarter it. in the jukebox. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I let the whole song play. Yeah, you're right. But I say, Sparks, you were just waiting to steal my thunder on Pokemon Snap, weren't you? Yes. It's like thunder and lightning. Yes. <laughs> I thought yeah. about it literally all day. <laughs> I thought about it all it's day. It's crazy. He sat because, here for like six like, hours. Because I was like, like Ben oh. definitely thinks he's the only person who played Pokemon Snap this weekend. I, he's definitely hyped. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to crush it. <laughs> like a machine. We have fun well, here. Well, yes, I am happy that I got Pokemon. I'm, I'm really happy that you got Pokemon Snap too, Sparks. Um, funny thing is, I barely played it because Fanny's been playing it more than I have. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. We, we got... So we got new Pokemon Snap, um, pretty much echoing everything Sparks has said. It's very calming, very relaxing. It's very fun to, once again, go back and take pictures of Pokemon like we did on our N64 back in the 90s, which also makes me think that where every other game that has a photo mode where you can take pictures, I don't touch the photo mode. But when the game is all about taking pictures and you have to take pictures to advance the game, then I'm all for it, which I don't know what that says about me. Well, I mean, considering I, that's literally the only thing you do in the game, like it's it better be good. Hey, like yeah. the photo modes in other games are just for fun. Like it's not the whole game on purpose. Uh, yeah, I I definitely like only put a, an amount of time into it because uh, I it, it's dumb. But like I was like I don't want to wear this out too quick. Uh, I definitely like this is this is the perfect thing for me to like space out and like. I need to take take a break from my paper for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Snap is exactly the thing I want to go do yeah. for that moment. Because I'm like, this is exactly like one course is the perfect amount of time to just do something else and come back. And I want to really use that as a tool throughout all my schoolwork. So I, I put a good like two and a half hours into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, stop. I'm, I'm going to play Pikachu. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu because I'm in a Pokemon mood, but I don't want to play more Pokemon Snap because I, I want to savor this. I want to spread this out. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I but it's I, really nice. I heard Pokemon noises and I knew who bought Pokemon Snap, but it there but it wasn't Pokemon Snap noises. So it came downstairs. And I'm like I'd already played it for like, a while. Oh my god, you're playing like a Pokemon game. Like which one is like, oh, it's like let's go Pikachu or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, oh sweet. I'm like, oh yeah, Pokemon's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, pretty much echo everything you guys said. It's it's just nice to have it back. It's just nice to have like a new game like this with all new Pokemon. I barely scratched the surface on my game. I'm my in my save file. I'm about to meet the first uh, Lumina Pokemon. Fanny's yes. way past that, so so I got yeah. I got some ways to go. But funny thing is, right before we started recording, um, have you guys like started posting and editing uh, pictures of Pokemon and posting them up on the, the internet or not yet? I I I literally edited one just mm -hmm. to get a feel for like what that was like. But I haven't 
done anything where I'm like, this I want to put like, for me, the whole thing is that like, I don't get to the point where I want to post it unless I feel like I really made something that feels like no one else made this exact photo Mm -hmm. in some way. I want to feel like on some level, like I've done something unique enough. Artistry. Uh, So that's, that's me. Like, I know I'll never post unless I feel that. Um, But I do like the edit features. They've done a lot. Mm -hmm. They give you a lot of range of options. Um, I, I definitely like my my one criticism of the game. You probably experienced it by already, but like um, my only criticism of the game is that sometimes the best photo can't get the best rating, and that's yeah. because the box for the Pokemon, uh, not the box for your frame, but the box that like says this is the Pokemon in the center of the frame, is sometimes in a weird place on the Pokemon's body, and your icon has to be in the center of that to get good stars ratings mm-hmm. but that might not be the best picture of the pokemon in that pose and i'm like well that kind of sucks. it's so funny because uh i haven't played it i've only seen people other people play it and stuff yeah. but like the big reaction online is like hey it's really good it's very much that original game in even the bad ways or even the great pictures will not be good pictures for the scores yes. and i'm like that seems like the easiest thing to fix 20 years <laughs> later to be honest but yeah. that's kind of nice that it's like the same game just better yeah. so i'm like whatever i guess i'll just take it with shit too and and i will say like i also in comparison to that being the way the old game was it does feel easier to work around mm-hmm. i understand what makes a good rating picture yeah even if it's not the picture i'll like better yeah, yeah and i can and and it almost makes the replayability a little better because it's like you have well, this time the i'm system. going for the rating picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. and this time i'm going for the picture i like best yeah mm-hmm. uh and so you can kind of get that multi-use out of it yeah 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 i because one of the first pick uh, when we did the the ver- the first stage at the night one for the first time the tang growth when it that when that just pops out of the ground fanny got this this picture of essentially just its feet like you didn't see its face, you couldn't see its eyes or anything. It was just like the feet, and just it was in a weird spot. But and it's like, like one star. No, it was a three star. Oh my god! Yeah, yo, that's, that's the thing. It's so weird. I cannot tell you how many times I've taken pictures. Like I got a really good picture of um oh god what was it? I got a re- this really big picture uh, picture of a of a swan, the swan Pokemon flying in the air. Yeah, that's only a one star. Swan and then, like a two-star one was like one where it's just sitting in the lake. I'm like, what is the difference? I think the one with flying with three other Pokemon in the same sh- shot would be better than the one just sitting on the in the water. Bless you, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> I had this one section where I got like three pictures in a row of a of a Pidgeotto, mm-hmm. and um, I got the wing and his chest three star. I got him in full flight like profile one because his body wasn't in the right box and i'm like that's so stupid you know the flying squirrel that you meet in the very and during the day the 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 electric flying squirrel emolga oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh uh-huh yeah so i got a beautiful shot of it right in the center in flight it looked awesome one star same thing same thing 100 100 only good picture i got of that pokemon too and it's like one star (laughs) screw you just in there going what the hell do you want i'm just imagining that like there's some intern at like the Pokemon like uh, uh development center like he gets all these pictures he's not even looking at him he's just like yeah five star three star one star one star three star he's like it just like it doesn't even matter sometimes um also 
the mechanic I really appreciate about it is like for the pictures where you don't care about the rating, but you care about how it looks. Maybe you got like a really great picture of the Pokemon, but the frame is like off like this just a little. You can go to resnap if you save it oh, and yeah. you can change the framing of it and alter the focus and make sure it's exactly the shot you really yeah. wanted it to be. So no, if you a- got close, but not quite, you can fix it. That's a photo mode. It's essentially um, the photo editing app on your phone where you can yeah. like recrop it and everything. So I did that to one of my Emolga pictures. And of course I edited it to put stickers on it to make it look like it was screaming and yelling while I was flying through the air. And so I put that on, um, on, I put that on like the, on the Pokemon snap uh, thing on the switch. Cause people can see it and give you sweet medals for it. Mm. I've got one sweet medal for that. A whole sweet metal band. One sweet metal. Whereas Fanny, she took a picture of the score bunny chilling on the Torterra's back in the night course. Photoshop some sunglasses onto it. She has over 200 sweet medals for that. Well, that's the way it goes. You put sunglasses on a turtle, that's what's going to happen. No, she put it on the score bunny. Even double it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I only got one sweet medal. You got to work. You got to work better, Ben. You like the, the the likes tell you what people like. Apparently it's like Ryan with a TikTok. It's cats. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's because her name is Fanny. That's why. They look at the name, not the picture. <laughs> anything else ben <laughs> besides new pokemon snap uh ryan you'd be happy i went and got uh my comic books this week cool i didn't oh why would why can't i be happy about this okay brandon you're also happy i got uh my comic books this week and also i went and hunted down this yeah thing. he'd be the one who goes not more than i do yeah i there found you go. uh superman Rambo number one beautiful hopefully i picked up issue number two and <laughs> because i was an idiot and totally forgot about it i i mean it's the variant cover but it's all i could find it's a uh, wave x number one. Oh, hey nice. scotty young ain't bad no scotty young is not bad i uh went to frankenstein's on saturday and i was and i got those books and i was asking I was like hey do you have a superman ram blue number one and they're like like mm. three vendors i went to thought i think i do hold on then they're like they're looking through things they're trying to find it they go shit guess i don't that happened three times, and then I finally found one. Is like, it's the variant. Is are you okay with the variant? I'm like, dude, I don't care. I just give me one copy of it. Thank you, Frank and or son. Yeah. Also, I've got a few other uh, games while I was there. I got my first ever Game Boy Color exclusive game, which is Mario Tennis for the GB Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color exclusive. Nice. Funny enough, this was made by the same team that uh, made the Golden Sun RPGs, and this is an RPG, believe it or not. That's actually that's really cool. I'm in yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, uh, uh, I, on a similar note, like I, I bought like my first 3DS game, DS game in a long time. Either one, uh, it was Pokemon Soul Silver. There you go. You're in. You got the bug. If, if I could give you a hug, I will. That is, I would. That is like the best right Pokemon game ever. It's on his wall. It's, it's got one of them. Yep, it's on my wall. It's on my wall. Uh, speaking of games, one. also I got two completely sealed game. I got. The NES Classic Xevious for the GBA. Completely sealed, never been opened before. Are you going to open it? Yes. Gonna, oh, yeah. I'm going to play these games. And, of course, uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2. It was there. I like some of it. Yeah. So, bes- besides that, um, besides spending money on video games, I also consumed quite a bit of media. I finished uh, this season of Close Enough, the newest season of Close Enough. Cool. And I highly enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, what else? Did, did I watch anything else this week? Oh, was, a lot. You just said you consumed a bunch of media. 
Oh, no, that was okay. So watching that, but also I started playing um Metroid uh Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS. Got I've been it. holding on to that game for a while. Um it is a HD remake of uh, Metroid 2 for the Game Boy for the original Game Boy, and that game is awesome. It is super fun. I absolutely love playing it. And it's definitely there have been times where I'm like Man, I really want to go to sleep. Okay, just just one more save point. Just get to one more save point and then quit. Man, that was really quick. I'm gonna try and find a few more things, and I'm gonna get some more stuff. That's always that's how you know you got a good game. Just one more level, one more round. Yep. Just one more level, one more round. And speaking of one more level, one more round, Fanny and I have made it to Crown World and Super Mario 3D World. It's the very last level. It is the hardest level in the entire game. We have died. Um, it accumulates all of our deaths throughout the entire game. So far, we have died over 1,234 times. Hell yeah. And I am guarantee you at least 300 of those are thanks to Champions Road. Oh, yeah. Champions is Road is hard. That's why it's called Champions Road. Too. Mm. What? That's my least favorite, too. Oh, Brandon. This is my weekly attempt to try to get Ben to think that I played a game. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Also, I did a thing uh, earlier today with um, Kaiju Weekly. We recorded a show about uh, uh, giant robots, so that was that was a really fun conversation. Can't wait for you guys to listen to that. Yeah. Which, and, which did you do? Because I know what Ryan's. I know what Ryan and I are doing. What are you doing? Which did you uh, do? Mobile Suit Gundam. Got it. Or cool. Mobile Suit Gundam and I'll slash best and worst mechs nice. and robots. Yeah, so that was a fun conversation to talk about, especially when I mentioned that I was the guy who was the big Hey Sierra fan, and they're like, oh, you're that guy from the fake nerds who like those movies. I'm that guy too, baby. I know, I know. And All Godzilla. But most Godzilla is Godzilla. And then I watched uh, Mitchells and Machines, which we're talking about today, so that's my week. Uh, I remembered something I didn't do, and I'm going to pivot over to ryan because we did it together which is we finished invincible and i forgot to bring that up yeah i figured you were no waiting about it spoilers i know you're not gonna spoil it but i just need to say that because i haven't seen it and i'm really upset why haven't you seen it i because now that i'm out of town zara and i have to do remote watching together so that so that we watch these things together still and just coordinating that's pain in the ass gotcha uh no i wasn't gonna spoil but um if you thought last week was a hell of an episode, this was a hell of an episode. I'm I'm so I've been trying to avoid spoilers all week. Um, I I think I got something spoiled for me, but not like not like a big thing. But I was like, oh damn it, it's my own there, fault. I haven't seen it yet. I don't I don't think there's truly too much that could be spoiled for you. Yeah. As far as like plot point stuff, it's really just about what happens. What <laughs> the the emotion of what happens. Yeah. We're going to try and watch it tomorrow. So only got Good. one more day to avoid it. Cool, cool, cool. Nice. Uh, anything else, Ben, or is it transitioning to me? Transition to you. Cool. So, um, yes, I watched Invincible. Great episode. Uh, it's cool that we'll talk about that more in the news. That's fantastic. Um, I got a PlayStation 5 this week, so that's mostly oh, yeah, yeah. that's mostly what I've been doing. Um, it's still a new system, so there really aren't many PS5 games uh, Returnal came out this week, but I didn't want to buy that immediately. Also, games have now jumped up $10, so another $70. And I'm all about uh, uh, giving money to developers. Games are really expensive, and they're hard to make. 
seventy dollars is a lot of money. Um, it's not a you game. You gotta really want that game. You gotta really want that game. Returnal is a roguelike, and it's getting good reviews, but it is a roguelike like Hades, where Hades was twenty dollars to seventy dollars, and it's very much the same type of game, just really nice and expensive and especially, pretty. Especially, especially in a market where you know, as long as it's not a Nintendo original, it will get cheaper. Yes, over uh, time. especially because Demon Souls is the game I really do want to buy, and that's still seventy dollars. So, um, uh. So I've been playing lots and lots of games that I've been playing previously that just look so much better. Um, I did restart uh, Miles Morales because that is a PS5 game. I did play it on the PS4, but man, uh, that game looks really good on the PS4. Holy shit, man. PS5 looks really good. Like really, really wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, it's not just like because everything just looks better. It's like it's like the, the lighting and the reflections. Like reflections is something that's really hard because you just need a lot of processing power to reflect a double of what you're seeing. And to some of the puddle stuff, you're just walking around the city and like you step in a puddle and it's like the city's reflected in the puddle. And it's like, wow, this is this is why this is a new brand new $500 system because it looks insane. Um, I played Avengers a lot because uh, that game looks better, runs better. I played Hitman 3, looks better, runs better. Fortnite looks like almost like a different game. It's It looks like looks like a Pixar game. Holy shit, that game looks good. I just want to play just because it looks good to look at. Um, I think that is why like I dived even harder into the Fortnite yeah. bug is because when I got the PS5, I'm like, Fortnite just looks so good. Yeah, it's just, it's so <laughs> vibrant. It's so pretty um i played uh i think that's mostly what i played um oh i'll talk about the controller real quick because that's a weird thing but the controller is actually really really awesome and it has like haptic feedbacks and the controllers have like um like uh resistance and stuff and each game does it uh uh well or not well um like some some utilize it more or less what's cool about it in avengers um you play as black widow she's one of the, the characters you can play as and she has three different ammo types in her gun she's a single bullet a full auto or like a sniper bullet um each different uh ammo style that you pick the resistance on the trigger gets harder so when you're using the sniper bullet you have to really push down on that trigger really hard yeah. so hard that like i don't think a, a newborn baby would be able to do it that's how hard the resistance is it's really impressive and like the shaking and the rumbling how like it could rumble in, in spe specific parts when you get hit it's just a really impressive controller um the xbox controller does not do any of that stuff which is immediately just like something i'm like oh i'm just gonna want to play with my the playstation as my main console because the controller is like next level shit like it's really cool um that's it's so weird to think like wow i'm really excited to play this game because of the controller uh it comes the playstation comes with astro's playroom which is like the free game that it comes with uh i didn't beat it but i played an hour or two of it uh really demonstrates that controller really really cool um you can breathe in the controller and like it creates wind in the yes. game it's just stupid shit that's really cool um so I'm very excited to have that. I'm excited to play all these games that were fine on the PS4 graphically and performance-wise. Now just play how they're supposed to be played. And like they run so well. And now I'm gonna replay control because I played it on my PC, but my PC wasn't as good as my PlayStation 5. Um so I'm I'm gonna get to experience one of my favorite games again, just with better vitality and better, better uh, uh graphics. And I'm like, hell yeah. Uh that's what I did for video game stuff. Um I watched half of a CG Japanese movie called Starship Troopers Traders of Mars because I love the Starship Troopers franchise, but every single one of those straight to DVD movies is awful. And this one is kind of no different, but it um, it's a CG animated movie. It takes place 20 years after the first movie, and you got Casper Van Dien back as a 20-year-old, more rugged uh, uh, Rico. And he's got a deep, raspy voice, and it's really awful, but it's really fun. And um, if you remember um, Carl from that first movie, who is uh, Neil Patrick Harris, that dude just is like a psychic now, and he has telepathy. The, the universe goes in such interesting places. The government now is like using the bugs to like take over settlements in like a weird like colonialist way, which of course that whole franchise has always been about militarism and stuff. Um, really cool concept, just like very cheesy bad CG. Uh, but I watched half of it, and it was fun. I uh, didn't see that one, but I saw mm -hmm. the one that came up before it, which is the fourth film. Yes. Um, I was very that confused. Worked, 
they're in the the mech suits, right? No, that's the sh- that's the third film. Oh, there's a, there's another animated movie that came before this, right? I didn't see that yeah. one. Um, okay. It's set on a space station, and it's, I think it's about Carmen mostly. But I think that Rico is there, but it's not the same cast. Gotcha. Um, I remember it looking good, but I was very confused. Uh, but you said none of the straight to DVD sequels are good. I will argue that three is pretty good. I uh, I will allow it. That is that is the that would be the best one because that is the one that leans so much into the cheese and like we know what we're making, yes. but the quality itself is still not there. That's but true. that is the one that but that is the one where I would watch over all of them. Also, you got Casper back again, being being silly. Um, and Jolene Black from Star Trek Enterprise. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The CG in, in in those movies is oh boy, it's real bad. <laughs> um, but that's just a franchise. That's a franchise I really love, and I just I wanted to get back into it even for a little bit. Um, and I think that's my week. Oh, you should do like a Starship Troopers versus Dragonheart sequels comparison. That would be so fun, actually. Oh my that god, would be, that would be a what a odd pair of franchises. Best of the worst of those. What a ride! Two awesome '90s movies that just got like worse and worse over time. Yeah, that's actually really great. Um, I think that's all I did. Oh, I did. I did rewatch Mortal Kombat passively in the background while I was just like on my phone doing stuff, but um there's a line in that movie where it's like uh, he's about to get his soul sucked i love their screams before they die that's and not that's... the only uh mortal kombat you watched oh, oh my god thank you i did i did it because i did it like on monday so it's so far away yeah. um yeah uh mortal kombat 2021 it's a fun action movie right don't don't expect too much um i watched the first episode of mortal kombat conquest which is a 1999 live action prequel movie to the games not the show or the movies but it uses the same sets from the movie it has like shang Tsung's island as a set but it's the prequel to the games so it's kind of weird synergy uh but it's okay um it's not good it's not good at all but it's really cheesy and fun so like much like starship troopers three or whatever um if, if you go go in knowing what you're getting into uh the fights are okay <laughs> i didn't know it was a prequel when i heard about it and when you said that i was like you know honestly like good for them for attempting a kung lao prequel yeah, it's it's a thousand years before the. It's like the first. It's the first Mortal Kombat tournament on Earth. So it's the first Kung Lao, and it's you got Shang Sun and you got Quan Chi. Um, uh, Shao Kahn is there. He looks awful. You think Annihilation looks bad? Boy, howdy, does do these costumes look atrocious? But they are trying, and they do care. And some of the kung fu action is, is fine for what it is. Uh, I couldn't watch time period. for the time period. It's also like a forty-five minute, uh, a forty-five minute episode length, twenty-two episodes. So like, I can immediately tell like, oh, this is gonna drag. It's gonna be kind of boring. The first episode's kind of boring, so I I stopped like, like thirty minutes into the forty-five minute episode because I'm like, I know, I get it. Uh, I watched some of the fights from the sub, uh, the subsequent episodes. They don't get any better. Uh, Mortal Kombat's cool. Kind of needs a budget sometimes. That's my <laughs> week. Fall down the, the the rabbit hole and look at the cartoon as well. The old I didn't. Cartoon. I I didn't because I figured I'd been through enough torment. No, oh, you, but you have you have been. Uh, I did play. You don't want to watch that cartoon. I don't need to. I saw the trailer. It looked bad. Uh, I did play a lot of MK11. Actually, it is. They did get a PS5 update. Um, just real quick um god i love mortal kombat and i love i love uh, uh getting story endings for characters because obviously you have the mortal kombat like campaign but then every character has a specific character ending if they are to beat the boss right um so every character like can become the mortal kombat champion um but when you have characters like spawn and robocop and and terminator and rambo fighting the god of time 
real funny because the character ending of Rambo, spoiler alert for this stupid thing, Rambo's like, you know, when I fought Chronicle, I didn't think I'd become a god. And it's like just him like being Rambo, but be having like a golden, a golden bandana and having like godlike powers and Robocop having his outfit, but like in pure gold being a god. Really silly shit. Love it. Um, none of it's canning because it's just character stuff, but like seeing the Terminator in like a gold and en like endoskeleton, like I'm gonna take over time. It's like it's just dumb good shit. Uh, Mortal Kombat's cool. That's my week. Okay, good for them actually for for making for putting in that extra effort. They didn't need to yeah. do that. And Sylvester Stallone voices Rambo, so he's like, I killed Chronica. <laughs> Weird. Um, like I mentioned up top, I went out of town, so um, I've been kind of uh, getting into a new normal. So I didn't do a whole lot um outside of what i did with my family um but i did watch godzilla versus kong with my dad uh mm -hmm. the, I, I had to get it one more time before i left hbo max mm -hmm. um same opinions on my movie i just watched it on his 4k 85 inch tv it looked awesome whoa wow, that's awesome yeah uh they can have a wall mounted 85 inch tv it's crazy nice. hell yeah um i don't know how the wall is still up honestly <laughs> 12 mounts <laughs> And then I watched the Marvel's Avengers Assembled um, or Marvel Studios Assembled uh, special on Falcon Winter Soldier. You know, now that the, they're doing these shows on, on Disney Plus, they've been doing these behind the scenes. Um, really interesting. I, I thought that this one was, was, was wasn't quite as interesting as WandaVision because WandaVision was just more inventive of how they filmed it. But they definitely filmed a lot more of that show in the pandemic than they let us believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of uh, uh, of of pandemic filming in that one. Interesting. Well, they made it look good. Yeah, um, and I think it's just it's 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 a good one. It's it's doesn't have Faggy, which I thought was really nice because you get like a lot of the a lot of the um, more people of color uh, producers behind the scenes of Marvel Studios talking about the importance of this, and I thought that was really good. Good. Um, and then I watched before I left. I decided to watch Captain America, the first Avenger and Captain America, the winter soldier. Mm. I hadn't seen them in a while. Uh, first Avenger is my favorite MCU movie. I love that movie. That's just such a, such a great time. Um, and that movie is stacked with star power, man. Every time I watch it, I'm, I always forget how many like stars are in it. I know he's not a star at the time, but Richard Armitage is in it. Uh, and um... you got it. Nope, I don't. You got it. I don't even have it a little. Uh, Tyrell. Um, from oh. Marjorie from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Natalie Dormer. Yeah. Natalie Dormer. Natalie and, Dormer's there for like a scene. And oh, she's yeah. The, she's the lady who's like, she's the blonde. Flirty with, with him. That's a that pisses off. That is only a couple years before she gets casted, too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. it's, it's like just that one scene. And it's like, that's freaking Natalie Dormer. Yeah. Guys. It's always funny when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love I love that movie a lot. Um, it's a lot of fun. And Winter Soldier, we uh, we got into this kind of routine, um, Sparks and I specifically, um, but like as a show of kind of look, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame have their problems. Infinity War and Endgame are great. Um, the 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 Marcus and McFeely are uh, screenwriters who aren't the best. But I always forget that the Winter Soldier is freaking great. It is, yeah. I, it's it a is a great for, movie. It's for most people the best MCU movie. Yeah, and I and I get why because it is the most. I don't like non MCU movie. I don't know how to say that. Like it's it's like the most like bold like at the time because like it really was doing like like a seventies espionage thing like the Hydra thing like it just it felt like it felt more raw than the than like the Iron Man movies or Thor did. 
Um, yeah. It felt like, yeah, like more rugged. I think, yeah. I think aside from Guardians of the Galaxy, it's the only one that feels like it was headed more in, in the direction that Phase 3 would, whereas Phase 2 all kind of feels like this weird studio influence mm-hmm. stuff going on even iron man 3 to some extent oh, yeah. though though yeah. i really like iron man 3 this isn't me shitting on the movies of the fa- of phase 2 most yeah. of them i like but there is this weird like vibe that's running through them as as disney and specifically uh uh what's his name pearl mutter is is waving his hands over it that the paramount films weren't suffering they're still from trying to figure what they're building out yeah like, yeah. yeah um yeah, that you just don't feel in Phase 1 because Phase 1 films were so much allowed to be their own thing. Mm-hmm. And Phase 2 is, like, trying to bring them together, but, like, it's not all meshing the way they want it to. Yeah. yeah. Winter but Winter World. Soldier feels like it rises above, uh, and then Guardians rises above that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just always forget, like, how how great that movie is and how um, different it is, how, like, you know, putting yourself in the mindset of, of the time, like, how different it was from the other Marvel, Marvel films. Um, you know, that was back when the Marvel films still had color. Yeah. <laughs> I truly wish that we'd gotten a Black Widow movie right after that. It's, yeah, it's, me too. It, yeah. I always think, like, even at the time that it came out, I when it ended, I'm like, they set her up perfectly for her to have a movie right here. Like, this should have been where her movie was. Yeah. Or her first one. She should have had two, and this should have been her first one. I right still, I just still can't believe that, like, tw- like, almost, like, 10 years from the character's introduction. Because it was Iron Man 2. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, when did Iron Man 2 come out? 2010? 2011? 2011. 2011 so, uh, oh, okay, so so 10 years ago and we haven't even gotten her movie yet because of the pandemic of course yeah, but yeah. like a decade and that character's been around for this long that's some that's some bullshit yeah. and winter soldier feels like such obvious tee up with yeah. the way that they uh ended out her arc yeah uh that you obviously could have had the in between that and age of ultron story mm-hmm. for her um mm-hmm. yep Paul i always Mutter. thought that I always thought that they were that they should have because there's a what Sparks talking about. There's a line in Winter Soldier where she's like, "I'm gonna go figure out what I want to be next," and then it's Age of Ultron. And it's just like I'm an Avenger. Well, there's a whole there's a whole like subplot about her in that film, which is her having felt like she was making right, and then finding out that sometimes she was working for the baddies. Yeah, and like even as she was trying to make right, and like the bad faith of that, and it's like, how do you make right now? Uh, and that should have been a story about her and, and whether or not it was discussable, who knows, but like Perlmutter would have never let it happen either way. So, yeah. uh, it, you know, that sucks. And, and she's so good in that movie too. Like Black Widow, like, man, like I was like, I want more of that. I'm so, I'm yeah. so excited for that movie. It's just like, it's like five years too late, man. Up it's to just, this, up to this point, it might be one of her best performances as Black I, Widow. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. still think it is for me. Yeah. The movie, the, her movie might change that. Yeah. But God, I hope so. And especially after watching uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, best Sharon Carter. Oh, Sharon. Well, that oh, was that's Sharon. Easy. <laughs> I already forgot about her. The the actress, I think, is actually turning in her best role in that movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hey, a lot of critical hard thinking went into the change in her character. Oh, we can't so, like... do this. <laughs> we can't do this. They talk about it in the assembled episode. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, no. That's her th- oh, no. Because <laughs> they were like, because they were like, we really wanted it. We really were like, we well, don't know if this is going to work. And once it was coming together, it's like, oh, man, this is working. This is great. And it's like, oh, it's it's like somebody tweeted. It's like the, the the creators of this show are very much doing a Marcus McFeely like tour of like, hey, just stop talking about it because you're you're kind of making your own show worse when you're telling us what we're supposed to think. Yeah. Uh, just, just stop talking about it, please. John Walker. Oh, everyone loves John Walker. You can't say that because then we know it's not true. There's no way you yeah. got to stop. There, there is a um, there is a sense that. 
uh, what they told the actors the show was going to be. Uh, they still went, they still came out of the show thinking that they made what was probably in the pitch meeting. Yeah. For their characters, and it's not. A lot of those characters do not come out of that show very well. All the baddies, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay. Shall we get into our bread and butter? Let's. A bingo. You guys get ready. Because I, my internet is, is fairly bad, we'll see unknown. how I do. It's fairly unknown. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll start us off. So we, we do have uh, some sad news this week. Um, some deaths we have to talk about. Uh, Shunsuke Kikuchi uh, is the, and I checked that, that's how you pronounce it. Um, he was the composer for Dragon Ball and uh, Kamen Rider. Uh, he passed away at 89 um, from Aspiration Pneumonia. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Dragon Ball's original score um, in that I love Dragon Ball, <laughs> Dragon Ball's original score. And I try to love Dragon Ball Z's Japanese score but I struggle with it because I grew up on Bruce Faulkner's American score and I prefer it because that's what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's Dragon Ball Z to me, but um, it doesn't change that. That music is iconic, um, especially now as like anime fans have gotten older. Like I hear a lot more of the Dragon Ball Z Japanese music uh, put into things. And certainly the Dragon Ball music is beloved to its own way. Like there's a lot a lot of it. I sometimes while I'm working right now, I'm putting on lo-fi remixes of the Dragon Ball scores and things like that. And I'm like, it, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So great body of work left behind. I heard um, that he did 400 pieces of music just for Dragon Ball. 100%. That is a long show. Yeah. Uh, oh my uh, God. Yeah. Like if you try to do something different for like every new villain, every new character, like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, having like watched the first three arcs of Dragon Ball relatively recently in the background of my life, like that score rips. Like that, that is good anime adventure music mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Um, you want to take the next one? Man, yeah. This one, um, not that any death is 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 you know expected or anything, but this really came out the of the younger, blue. And... The younger always hurt a little hard. Yeah. Um, Jean Paul Leon, who's a very very famous French comic book artist, uh, he passed away at 49 today. Um, uh, uh, he had cancer that went into remission, but everyone's because it's not fully said yet. Uh, everyone's expecting that it was a cancer that came back and got him. Um, mm -hmm. Jean Paul Leon is one of the most like treasured comic book artists, not just because he is insanely talented. It's just he's one of those dudes who's so nice and so wholesome and so full of life and love and. Anytime he was at a con, does everyone love to talk to him? He's just one of those guys who's just like, you know him, and he's great. And like, this guy can't be this this good, right? There's got to be something wrong with him. Like, and no, just like he was a great guy. Um, if if you follow any creators on Twitter, uh, 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 it's a really hard day for the cons community. Um, he was one of the he was he's white, but he was one of the people who helped like uh, do milestone. Like, uh, uh, with some of the other founders, with Dwayne McDuffie, who also passed away uh, before the age of fifty. Um, it's just, it's such a shame. We read, I think we did one of his books as a book club, Batman Creature of the Night, right? Or was no, that a different I one? recently just bought that book. You just bought that. Okay, sorry. Um, we did book. Superman Secret Secret Identity. Gotcha. Um, but he's, man, he's uh, so many great covers. If you go to the comic store, like you've seen his covers for for literally decades. Um, I know him most recently because he did a 1996 X-Men comic about Dr. Sinister's origin called, um, oh God, like the, the Further Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix um that was back in 1996 and uh 
he's just been great ever since, man. And that's 49 is just such a young age, man. It's such a bummer. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Rest in peace. For sure. Um, moving away from that, uh, there's a lot of casting to talk about this week. Um, up top, Titan Season 3 has cast <laughs> Vincent uh, Kartheiser as mad uh as sorry scarecrow <laughs> from Mad Men and in time he that's what he's known for uh i'm not familiar um but i'm optimistic because uh, that that show has has cast good people and it's got good character stuff it's just it's just not when it's not when it's raven and beast boy yeah <laughs> that's i mean which is not the fault of those actors that's not who i'm putting it on they just yeah. don't write those characters well um i i do know this guy from mad men and he plays a he plays such like a weasley weasley dude um so this is actually this is very good casting for a scarecrow um we're we're two episodes away from titans finishing Yes, you so and two, I have two, two more episodes to finish. Everything out. I've heard online, people saying they really don't like that finale, so I hope we finish it soon. <laughs> but everything about Titan Season 3 makes me excited because, again, they've casted every one of the DC Universe in this so, freaking show. So it was super weird because this last episode was another episode where, like, it's the first episode since it happened where they acknowledged Beast Boy's history with the Doctor from Doom Patrol. And they do the flashback to the episode that had him, which is weird because at this point, you know that even though you saw the whole cast of Doom Patrol that wasn't Timothy Dalton in Titans, they don't, the show you're watching, Doom Patrol, doesn't exist on the same Earth. It's a different Earth. And I'm like, that's so weird. <laughs> so, so weird. And it's, and it's a shame because it's like, again, they're not doing a lot with Beast Boy, but the stuff they are doing with him, it's like, you, you don't have to be doing this. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, so it's just like, poor Beast Boy. Also, that actor also apparently hates it. So <laughs> just follow him on Twitter. <laughs> it's always, like, real quick, it's always funny how, how much actors can get away with without getting fired. Because sometimes there's just like, there's like clauses or like contracts. And sometimes the actors are just like, yeah, they don't know how to use me. That sucks. Smile, smile, smile. Like, man. <laughs> uh, for the HBO Max Green Lantern show, Finn Wittrock has been cast as Guy Gardner. Um, yeah. This guy was on American Horror Story uh, very prominently in the uh, Freaks season. Mm -hmm. um, and I really liked him there. Uh, uh, I think he's talented. Um, I'll tell you what. He's got a really punchable face. And that's super good for Guy Gardner. He does. He and does. that's no disrespect to the actor. That dude looks like a Guy Gardner. And I mean that like Guy Gardner is kind of like is like a jerk. And he's mean to you, but he's got like a heart of gold. This dude looks like a guy gardener. Just give him some red hair and he spits some bad game. Like, I'm this show's happening, Brandon. I'm really excited because, uh, you know, we haven't really heard too much. I'm surprised that Guy Gardner is the first person we hear about being cast. Um, I thought maybe, uh, uh, Alan Scott or, uh, Simon Baz or anybody, but I love Guy Gardner unapologetically i know when this was when this, this happened uh, the internet was like guy gardner's nobody's favorite lantern okay you're not he's not my favorite but i like him no yeah um he definitely has a place and he is a really fun character to bounce other characters off of yeah that's what honestly that's why i like him a lot because like when he talks to like the justice league like batman's like punches that dude out like that's what that's the kind of character he is well batman will punch him out in front of all his friends like i'm just excited that like yeah we're getting a, a guy gardner like led green lantern show wild that's why. Wasn't it one of the animated movies where like people just gave him nonstop shit? Or oh. am I am I thinking of something else? Maybe it's been a while. Green Lantern animated series, maybe he's in that. No, no, not the animated series. I'm specifically picturing the Justice League giving Guy Gardner shit. Uh, I don't remember. We watched a lot of those movies. I don't. Know. I know, I know, and I'm like, I don't know where else I would have seen it recently. I don't remember even seeing Guy Gardner anywhere. Um, in those DC in the Dakamu mm -hmm. movies. 
<laughs> I, I I think this is really good casting. Uh, I hope that they play Guy Gardner. The, the way I like Guy Gardner, the way I like how he's played or written is when he is cocky and he's overly cocky and he's a jackass about it. But he does it because he's super insecure that he's not Jon Stewart or Hal Jordan. Um, he just wants he, to be the best. Yeah, and he just wants to be the best. And he just wants to prove that he is worthy of the ring. And he's constantly afraid that he's not because he's not a guy. He's not Jon Stewart or Hal Jordan. So I'm really mm -hmm. excited to see that. Um, I'm just really excited the show's happening, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Casting like casting like this means like, oh, shit, that show is happening soon. So like that's really exciting. He's also got one of my favorite Green Lantern designs. Oh, he's got like the jacket, yeah, right? It the is jacket. a cool design, um, for sure. And this is a, this is a good person to play him, so that's awesome. Uh, you go ahead and take the next. Yo, one. guys, Borderlands. That movie is still happening, and we got a lot more people casted in it. Um, we got Gina Gershon cast as Moxie. I know Moxie. That's a cool casting. I think that's pretty great. Cheyenne Jackson as uh, Jacobs, uh, and then we got Charlie Bombola as Hammerlock. Benjamin Byron Davis as Marcus. Okay, that's cool. Stephen Boyer as Scooter. Ryan Ed Redman as Ellie, and Bobby Lee. As Larry, who's an original character, I don't recognize half these characters. They're probably side characters, but uh, that sh that movie's like filming, and they're just like getting more people in on it. Uh, mm -hmm. Bobby Lee's a really good comedian. I like him a lot. That's pretty cool. Um, Gina Gershon is kind of like an old, an older actress, like really hot in the eighties and nineties. Uh, that's really cool. She's like a badass. Moxie's like a badass general lady, General Moxie. So, uh, Borderlands guys, that's happening. Maybe that's actual the next best good video game movie. The great one, the holy <laughs> the holy grail great video game movie. Keep moving the tent pole year after year. Um, a Weekly Planet had this bit when Warcraft and Assassin's Creed were coming out. It's like this is the one, right? One of these is, has to be great, right? It has to be, right? I still, I still like. I think your definition, everyone's definition of great will vary because yeah. I, I feel like we hit it with Detective Pikachu. I don't think that we, yeah, are, we're hurting for the great. I'm just like, I'm just, like, we need more great, yeah. But I do think we've hit a one at least. I, this is definitely not the conversation for this, but like. I'm still waiting for like the Avengers. Like Detective Pikachu is really good, but I'm waiting for that. Like, holy shit, this is a movie, my guy. Like where everything works, and I'm like, somebody's got to do it eventually. Come on. My 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 bench post is, if it hits eighty percent or higher on Rotten Tomatoes, we did it. Eighty percent, yeah, because right now it's like Angry Birds at like seventy six. Jesus, I love it. We're almost there. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Paper Girls had a bunch of casting, and I'm not going it's, to read all these descriptions don't. because we'll eventually read a comic. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sophia Rosinski has been cast as Matt Coyle, uh, Cameron Jones as Tiffany Quilkin, Riley Leigh Nellett as Aaron Ting, uh, Fina Straza as KJ Brandman, and Christopher Cantwell and Christopher C. Rogers will serve as showrunners for it. Uh, Brandon, you haven't read this yet, right? I've read the first volume of Paper Girls, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, I think I, I've read the first two volumes. Um, I think this comic's really good, and I'm really excited for this adaptation, especially because Chris Cantwell. I haven't seen I'm a so show. I'm so happy that, that uh, Cantwell's on this. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen the show, which I'll probably I will watch before the show comes out. But uh, as a writer, the dude's exceptional. Um, uh, Paper Girls is basically like, I hate being reductionist, but like, what if Stranger Things was about a bunch of girls and time travel and stuff? And like, it's just it's such a cool concept that uses like really real world things like Apple and like, like, like actual like brands to like further the weird future that we might live in. Um, I think it's a really, really cool concept. And I think, I think you could have like another hit the size of a stranger things, like with this type of story. Yeah. Um, what's the studio again? Do we decide? Did this we is uh, Amazon prime. If I recall Ooh. correctly. I don't remember. I did. I think legendary is doing it though. Cause Brian K Vaughn has the 
has the right. deal with Legendary. And this is that's, his, that's his probably book. true. That's probably true. I think the service it's going to yeah. Is Amazon. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the boys and then and then like Invincible, like this is definitely another one that could be like a, a huge Man, hit. Amazon really had a one-two punch of the boys and Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And they're like violent superhero stuff. <laughs> that's that's our niche market now. <laughs> Paper girls. Um uh so moving on um not casting anymore uh bedrock is a series that elizabeth banks is developing it's an adult animated sequel series to the flintstones uh that will also star a 20 something pebbles um (laughs) she will she will star as oh she will star as that elizabeth banks yeah i'm not judging anyone's age here nope uh (laughs) lindsey kearns uh from Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous and DC Superhero Girls will write the pilot. The series will be shot about Fred facing retirement as they move from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age. I assume this is for HBO Max. Uh, they didn't say, but I, I also would assume that too. I'd have to assume it's Warner Brothers. Like, why would they put it anywhere else at this point? Uh, so this is this is literally everything. This is what I always want from shows. Like, if you're going to do a sequel, you jump it in the future. You have Fred being retired. The movie from what is it? The Bron- the Stone Age to the Bronze Age, and yeah. it's about the kids being grown up. This is exactly this is my all grown up. Like, I love this idea. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is is a really talented comedian. Uh, like her other stuff, like uh, is like director and stuff. Like I haven't seen all of it. Um, but hey, man. I like Charlie's Angels. Yeah. She has been trying to get this off the ground for a little bit now. Uh, if you recall, Seth MacFarlane also tried to get a new Flintstone show off the ground I, a couple years ago. Yeah, he did. It was called Family Guy. <laughs> um, I, I do remember him like like really going hard for that, and then nothing happened. Yeah. I, yeah. I have no great love for the Flintstones, so I'm I'm like, cool, okay. Yeah. I'll prob- I might check it out. There is a sequel series to the Flintstones where Bam Bam and Pebbles are older. I forgot what it's called. I actually think it's just called Bam Bam and Pebbles. Bam You're Bam right. And I was thinking in my head that oh. I've seen older images of them from yeah. Anna Barbera's age. Like I've seen them old. I've yeah. seen it. You're right. Like- I've seen the them racial. tall with with the long yeah. hair. Yeah, you're right. I've seen it. What? Yeah. No, I, I remember seeing a clip on it was like a, a Flintstones appreciation show where they were showing clips from different episodes, and one of the clips was uh, Pebbles essentially announcing to the world that she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, they did this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Pebbles yeah. and Bam Bam show. I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up because I'm like, I definitely have seen them older already. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can do this. There, yeah, they are, yeah. yeah there they are. I, I erased from my brain until this very moment. <laughs> it only lasted one season in 1971. I've definitely seen that on Boomerang before. Wow. Yeah. yeah, learn something every day. I, I mean, like you know, anything can be good. Yep. Again, like yeah, I just, do. I just don't have great appeal towards the Flintstones to begin with. So yeah, we'll see. Um, that's that's one of the Hanna Barberas that never never grabbed me see that is one of the ones that did because it had dinosaurs yeah i really like i i like the dinosaurs i just didn't i out i i outgrew the humor based around fred quickly oh that's fair um in a way that in the way that i didn't for the jetsons for some reason Hmm. Uh, anyway moving on um adam wingard is in talks to return to the monsterverse uh and internally supposedly the film is being called son of kong yes we did it guys Yes. I want more MonsterVerse. I don't know if I want Song of Kong. So, I don't. I don't even care. Like we don't know what it is. That's just the title. Like, no, for sure. I trust. I trust. Now that I've seen this movie, I trust. I'll put it another best. way. I don't even know if I necessarily want Adam Winger to be the next guy. I kind of want someone new. Okay. I yeah. want more MonsterVerse. Don't know if I want Winger. I will agree, but like, if this is the only way we're gonna get it, 
uh, I guess. I will take whatever I can get. That's what I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm hyped that there's going to be more Monsterverse. I feel like with the way Godzilla vs. Kong did, that was kind of an inevitability at a certain point. Um, I don't want Winger to become the shepherd of the future of the Monsterverse right now. Yeah. Uh, this, was, uh, this was really interesting to me because there was a leak a few years back uh, just after Kong Skull Island came out that revealed that the fifth movie after Godzilla vs. Kong would be called Destroy All Monsters and Legendary tried their damnedest to get it swept under the rug um, which kind of leads you to believe that that was at one point true Yeah. Um, and it looks like after King of the Monsters didn't do so well they decided to take a wait and see approach of whatever happens after Godzilla vs. Kong and are now deciding to go in different directions Maybe instead of having your next one be like the big Destroy All Monsters, like big finale thing, you have one more to ease your way back into it. That big one. I don't even think it's that. I think it's just legendary decided to just be like, you know what? A director will come to us with an idea and we'll just do that. We won't have a we won't do a Marvel strategy of having a set plan because like any one of these could fail. That's true. Yeah. Um, and it being called Son- it, internally being called Son of Kong actually gives me a lot of hope because I, I kind of want them to continue with Kong. I think Kong is due for uh, a rogues gallery similar to Godzilla's and he's uh, been trapped in this horrible death loop for 90 years where he just gets to New York and falls off the Empire State Building. And, it, and I think going a different direction and trying something new with the character that is, is really cool. That's actually a really good point. Because you do think about how much like Godzilla has had free reign to do so much over fifty years, and we've had like a handful of, of King Kong movies over a, yeah. a hundred years. Like that's a really good point. We can actually change that character in the modern times, like the way that they never did in the past. I, I yeah. don't disagree. I just also know we're already getting a Kong anime, and now we're probably getting a Kong movie, another mm-hmm. Kong movie, and I'm like, I just don't want Godzilla to be swept aside because I am nervous oh, yeah. that because King of the mm-hmm. Monsters didn't do well, they're going to attribute. What works is Kong, yeah. and Godzilla is done. We're not doing more main Godzilla shit. If Godzilla appears, Godzilla is a sub. He's the whole section addition to Kong, yeah, and yeah. I don't want that future. Yeah. Well, we still got Toho. At that point, it, it is up to I think Toho to be like, okay, well, because I think they license out the characters one movie at a time. I, I don't think so. it's a. I don't think it's a like a deal that you have free reign to do whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong. But this is exciting. Mon- hashtag continue the monsterverse. Yeah, I just want just a bit more big monsters, please. That's cool. Um, hey guys, remember DC Fandom from last year? Last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I Pandemic don't, time. I don't remember anymore. Guess what? They're doing it again, and it's returning on October sixteenth. They must have a lot of shit because if you remember that last DC Fandom, that was a lot of shit. That was mm-hmm. a pretty good event. Um, that must. That's pretty cool. Like, if it's anything like that, like, give me more reveals. Give me the Rock in a big auditorium again. DC fandom, I think, is for my money the most successful of the virtual conventions. I don't think anyone else did it nearly as well as DC did for DC fandom. Because theirs was just like in and out. It was almost like a press conference more than like a like a paint like a Comic Con. I don't know. D- Disney investors kind of crushed it. Oh, that's fair. Oh I was my god, that was literally. That's, that's not actually meant for us. Yeah, yeah that was, we, but we got to see it. We got to sneak like, it. Oh, this, this is pretty cool. <laughs> um dc yeah. fandom had like a stage and everyone was like they just had a whole presentation it wasn't just like zoom meetings which i appreciated well yeah. that that's why i was thinking it was i'm like disney investors was really good at streamlining that when it moved from from 
Kevin Feige here at the head of Marvel Studios to I'm representing Pixar. Let me tell you about the thing. And I'm like, this looks and this green screen looks a little better. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're we're clearly in some good workspaces. Um, but but it's true. Fandom was handled really well for the convention virtual event that it was. Mm-hmm. And that's what. Uh, oh my god, that's like six months away or so five months away. So yeah, to announce it so so uh, early. early. <clears throat> Get as hyped, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. So, guys, we've been talking about Invincible a wee bit on this podcast. We think it's a pretty good show. It didn't get announced for, for like, a second season until, until like, the show ended. But luckily, not just a season two is coming, guys. We're getting a season three as well. Two full seasons get ordered. Um, it's an animated show, and those take a long time to make. So uh, I understand. Take as long as you need to make a beautiful show. I'm really worried we're going to have to wait in, like, over a year. That's probably <laughs> true, but it probably means the wait between two and three will be short. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, they're doing, like, almost like the Rick and Morty thing where they make all yeah, of, yeah. like, so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. Um, like, f- re- like eight episodes doesn't seem like a lot, but really, they're, they're an hour long. So it's almost like, let's say it's, like, 16 episodes almost because, like, there's so much in every episode. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just so stoked that they believe in the show. People are going crazy for the show like they did the boys. Like, again, you said, Brandon, like, they have a one-two punch on their hands. Um, like... Uh, can't complain. Love the show. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, the uh, the announcement video was really cute, where Robert Kirkman is talking to Stephen Stephen Yoon, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they had a fun little geek out of like, oh my god, we're getting a second season. Yeah. Um, Ben, have you have you started it again since since you last stopped it? Invincible. Yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, episode five earlier today. Hell yeah! Nice. Love it. Well, uh, I'll, I'll take this. There you uh, go. Uh, for Marvel Studios, back to the MCU, Ironheart has uh, Chinaka Hodge as the showrunner, which uh, they're coming from Snowpiercer, uh, the Snowpiercer TV series. TNT? Um, TNT? Which I haven't watched, so I can't weigh in on what, what I think of this at all, but I'm sure it's probably a good choice. People uh, seem to like it. It's got multiple seasons. Yeah, uh, it, and Ironheart is going to be six episodes, so... Yeah, I'm tight. glad we're getting that show. I I really really hope we get Robert Downey Jr. as the voice in her suit. Dude, that's like, oh my god, that's that's <clears throat> like I do not want, uh, I do not need that billboard to come true. That's in, in LA to bring t- Tony Stark back to life. But do the thing from the comics where his AI is her is her. Jarvis. Bring it full circle. Make yeah. him Paul Bettany now, where he comes in. Hundred percent. Does voice work he does, for an hour. He comes in. Yeah, he does work <laughs> for an hour. He's in the show for five minutes as just a voice. Um, that's perfect. Uh, I think. I think that is, if they don't do that, it's going to be, man, that's, that's the it's right such way a good, to handle it's just a good opportunity. And like the only time you really can bring a dead character back like that, I think. Yeah. It's the right way to handle his legacy without uh, doing a full revival. That's my yeah. heart. Hell yeah. It's coming. I, I, I have a hard time believing they don't do it. And I, cause I can't see him saying no. And I can't see them not being willing to pay him the amount to where he says yes. Ten million dollars <laughs> for five minutes of work. Um, we saw Adam Driver went into his uh, closet to record uh, something for Rise of Skywalker. Robert yeah, Downey yeah. Jr. could just get on the phone and be like, "Hey, uh, hey, hey, Riri Williams, what do you need me to do today?" <laughs> yeah, iPhones are—they sound great, you know. Exactly. Um, so, guys, uh, we're all fran- friends. We're all fr- uh, f- f- fans of the Ratchet and Clank franchise. Um, yeah. They released a new trailer and, and like a 20 minutes of gameplay for Ratchet and Clank. What's this game called? Rift, Rift Apart. Rift Apart. Um, uh, <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, uh, that's another game I put in my PS5 because it did get a PS5 upgrade. That game looks, still looks even better than it did. Looked pretty good then. Um, guys, this game looks insane. 
Uh, Ratchet and Clank has always has always been a fun franchise. Um, but like again, like the PS5 fidelity, just like the amount of stuff on screen. Like you see Ratchet walk into frame, and there's like hundreds of cars flying over him. Like it is, it, it is really really impressive shit. Um, it, it feels like the first true made for PS5 title. Yes, to come out. Yeah. Um, it looks and what I love about it is if you watch the gameplay thing, he does the thing where Ratchet gets his he gets his wrench and he you press square on the thing and you turn it around to open a door. And I'm like, we're on the PS5, but man, video games have not changed in 25 years. <laughs> and it's just a thing where I'm like, that's why I love video games because this can look like it's out of a Pixar movie, but you still gotta press square to open a door like clockwise. <laughs> and I'm like, man, video games are so silly. Uh rivets in this game. She's like, she's like the alternate dimension uh, uh ratchet. Uh we did not meet the clank of this universe, but there is one, guys. Spoilers, it's Glitch. Their name's Glitch. That's an awesome name. Uh, I'm so stoked for this. I think it looks insane. I <clears throat> have always been a fan of the Ratchet & Clank franchise. I've been playing it since the PS2. Yep. Uh, I'm so stoked. I, I I followed the PlayStation 5 restock alert so I can so I can get this done. Do what I do and follow like five of them because one is never enough and then you'll, 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 get, a lot, you'll get addicted to it. I uh I but I, I did watch both the gameplay trailer and and the trailer. Uh, I think this game looks incredible. It looks more expansive than we've ever seen a Ratchet and Clank game. Um, I love the idea of bringing back another um another female Lombax and Rivet. Um, mm-hmm. still waiting for the franchise to explain what happened to Angela Cross, but whatever. Man, maybe who's that? I don't remember. Al- Angela Cross was introduced in Ratchet and Clank two, and she was in three. And then the future trilogy in the beginning of it, she disappears, and that's it. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, maybe that's like a long game, a long con. <laughs> I don't. I think they just forgot, honestly. Or maybe they just forgot. Because like, it's, it's unclear if this takes place after the reboot or after the future trilogy. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I've been wondering. Is like, is this just a follow up to the oh, to the reboot oh, game? I I I think it is just a follow up to the reboot game. I think yeah. so too. I think this is like canonically like the Star Trek 09 was that Ratchet and Clank 2016 game basically. I think so too. Um maybe she'll show up as a new character in this though. Um so there was a state of play but there really was only a couple things. It was the Ratchet thing. There was also that uh, Among Us is finally coming to the PlayStation. It hasn't been on the PlayStation. You can only play it on Xbox and the PC, but it's coming for the PS4. PS5. Oh, it has been on Switch. That's right. So uh, PlayStation's <clears throat> finally getting it, and it's getting some cool skins as well. Also, on a similar note, uh, just to bring up, Fall Guys made it clear that the Switch and Xbox copies of their game will be delayed um, mm. for because a time. Adding cross-platform. Yes, that's awesome. Uh, but they are delayed. So those of you who can't play it on PlayStation or PC, you're going to have to wait a little longer. Yep. Uh, which irritated Megan, which yeah. I understand. But hey, but then we'll all be able to play together no matter what system you're on. Yes. Uh, so moving on to trailers. Going to the trailer oh, part. we're blowing and, through wow, this. Keaton. There was not a lot of news this week, which is really nice. Um, uh, the Misfits trailer, which uh, I honestly was surprised you put on here. Okay. So sometimes I know why you. I know why you did. It's because Pierce Brosnan. No, you don't. Because sometimes oh. <laughs> I watch something and I hate it so much. I need you guys to experience it with me. Oh, okay. I'm really glad because this is not look good. So sometimes I do it out of spite because I watch right. something. I, I, I watched this on my own already earlier this week to see if it was something we'd want to talk about. And I was like, I'm not going to bring this up. <laughs> um, it looks just like, like, hey, we, a waste of talent. We Yes. But like, <laughs> hey, we like Fast and the Furious. But what if like we did that, but it's, none of it looked as good? And we got Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of Nick and Jamie Chung. And, I like Jamie uh, Chung. I don't like Tim the canon. Uh, all being wasted in this it looks like yeah, and i'm like i told ryan i'm like i truly can't tell if is this a bad movie or is this just a really bad trailer and then everything nick cannon does i'm like 
I think this is a bad movie. Oh, yeah, the Nick, yeah, the Nick Cannon of it all is like that dude's not showing up in like Transformers. That was movies. a bad like, whatever he was trying to do as the guy going into that factory. Oh, some like bad accent, like good. some racist accent. Like, oh no. Anything, yeah. Ben? You excited to see this one? No. I'm yeah, looking forward to seeing like, Pierce oh. Brosnan. <clears throat> I was excited to see Pierce Brosnan too, but I'm like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, just watch the Matador. He's a bad guy in that. He's great. That's yeah. true. Uh, that uh, that and uh, After the Sunset, two of his Ooh, uh, yeah. solid post-James Bond Pierce Brosnan films if you want to see I him do, am, like, doing like I good, am, weird shit. I am still waiting for him as Dr. Fate. Oh, oh so baby. Something to look forward to. Oh, so yeah. Um, uh, in the Heights had a new trailer that I know Ryan and I didn't watch, so we're not going to say anything about it. Looks good. Oh. I'm really excited for this. Uh, this is the this uh, is the trailer that actually dropped during the Oscars, but we for, I forgot to include it last week. Uh, we just you know we we know the show. I've seen I don't I've seen see, two. I don't need to see anything. Two other trailers for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm good. It's I know the plot. I just I'm here for like dancing, and I don't want to see any more of it because like that's um, the final part. For for anyone who likes Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, I didn't know this <clears throat> at first, but Stephanie <clears throat> Beatrice, uh, who plays. Um, a character in Brooklyn Nine Nine that I totally Rosa Diaz. Um, yep. She is in this, and I, that was a, that was a fun surprise. Oh, cool! Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers had a teaser. Yeah, um, I wanted to know what you guys thought about this one because it's got an interesting. This is, oh, this is like the thirty second Michael Nicholas, Shannon. Yes, Nicole Kidman. I think this looks awesome, but the thing is, it's a thirty second ad, so it's impossible for me to get a full range of it. Mm -hmm. But like Michael Shannon's in it. It's got a great cast: Nicole Kidman, a bunch of people. It looks spooky as hell. Some type of like therapeutic cult type of thing. Might Mara actually Weaving. Melissa McCarthy is good in. Yeah, I saw Mil in recent. Yeah, years. she's like actually acting, and I'm like, oh cool. Um, <laughs> nice. Samara this Weaving. is yes. Mm -hmm. This is coming from uh, one of the people on um, Big Little Lies and Big Little Lies uh, what I've watched of it so far which is Megan and I got a little into season two and then we just we fell off um, but it was good Big Little Lies was solid so I have reason to be interested yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Rick and Morty had a new trailer for season five mm -hmm. and uh, obviously looks like more great Rick and Morty like what looks, else can you say looks more like some crazy Rick and Morty shit I still <clears> need to watch season four I haven't done it yet haven't seen oh man get on it on it you got a month yeah, yeah. what do you want me to get on first invincible or rick and morty well invincible obviously well, i think that's why i said you have a month yeah rick and it's morty like, we're not doing we don't dumb, do anything with rick and morty. Dumb question. <laughs> do rick and morty after obviously but do it uh, uh, yeah you know i said it last time the trailer dropped like nobody does it like rick and morty that is that is there's so many rick and morty clones and you're just like well you know it's just they just every, can't do it every time like i think about every show that tries to be Rick and Morty and I'm like, man, they really just can't, they can't no. do it. It's that Harmon effect, man. Uh, it's, it's a lot of talent on that show. Oh yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah. Uh, June 20th, new season of Rick and yeah. Morty. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, Castlevania season four finally had a real proper trailer. <laughs> Shit guys, man, this looked really good. I'm so happy that this show is ending, but continuing. Because yeah. if this is the trajectory of it keeps getting cooler and like more bombastic with the action, man, this looks so cool. Oh the, my God. This definitely had me sitting there being like, everything that I thought was too fillery about season three, and I definitely do, at least I feel like it's gonna be worth it. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's This has my favorite line of the whole series already, where he's just like, who would do such a thing? You wouldn't do that, right? I wish I could kill you twice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. Some bad people are trying to bring trying to bring Dracula back to life. Um, 
this looks to have a lot of like a lot of the cool monsters from the games not that they that the other seasons haven't but like the big like the big like action stand at the end with the dude with like the big sword slashing dudes up is like a big famous boss like like oh yeah this looks sick uh so excited for that show yeah i'm really excited for the season i am i I watched this trailer like three times during the week i was like i can't wait i love camilla love her oh man carmilla looks so good in this season yeah yeah can't wait uh sweet tooth had a it's this came out of nowhere oh so happy i'm so glad this looks so good yeah i'm really happy now i never read the comic have you guys no i read the first volume 10 years ago i also read the first volume (laughs) a time ago Yeah, yeah yeah Um, uh, yeah, it's about it's it's literally the trailer tells you it's like in the world like all of a sudden people start like having babies that are mixed with animals and like that causes like a huge ripple effect in the world and like a virus breaks out and like it's not like The Walking Dead but it's very much like people mm-hmm. are kind of like are more on edge living in this new world because like people are more animalistic and there's this sweet tooth the uh, uh, Gus is his name he's like he's like kind of in the middle like he's like the branching between humans and the animals and it's like and it looks like so much full of heart and it's a Jeff Lemire story so you know it's about sad dads so I'm just <laughs> like and Will Forte is like doing like a big comic book thing like i'm really happy for will forte there's yeah. a good cast on display here yeah uh, uh this looks like they're doing it really right mm-hmm. really do well I see, do i see brian tyree henry i wasn't mm-hmm. sure. i don't think that's i don't him. think that's him no okay. similar looking him. dude though yeah um but i'm really happy to see this yeah it's uh him. this this looks great look for our uh compare the comic to the show coming soon mm. yep. yep uh luca had a new trailer and Man, I'm, still we're, we're here, I'm still sitting here like why can't i see this in theaters yeah dude it looks so pretty yeah. and i just want to go see it in theaters like i had I, a similar react i had a similar uh thought uh watching our review movie today yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah i don't understand like pixar let us give you money like well if, I don't, if you i don't know if you saw but there was a thing that came out uh where they were <laughs> a bunch of pixar employees are, are like worried about the fact that this has happened now twice um uh so like the employees at pixar are just like why why can't this go into movie theaters um i don't understand like why you can do the hybrid thing for your movies but not ours it doesn't make sense because like like pixar is like they obviously it's disney but pixar is is like their big like big animation studio like again yeah. they, they have frozen or whatever but like pixar is like like what is what they're known for and like mm-hmm. just to relocate them just to the streaming service like it just seems so disrespectful and like and again, like- a pandemic but but this already looks so beautiful and unique, yeah. even to Pixar sty- uh, stylings. I'm very like I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, it just looks like like a really like a sweet time about it's like discovering yourself and like who you are. And... I'm I'm so excited to watch Pixar flaunt a different style. Um, yeah, that they are letting the person who did La Luna spearhead this, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that this just because of that looks so truly di- different from every other humanoid version uh that pixar has ever done um aside from the la luna short Mm -hmm. uh and that's awesome i'm glad that it's a whole movie that feels like it just lives in a in its own environment its own vibe its own tone yeah uh i'm i'm ready to watch that hardcore i think that's great our tvs (sighs) yeah you know i do think i do think i didn't like soul as much because i didn't see it in theaters if i'm honest yeah yeah because i i had a lot of distractions going on when i was watching soul I think about that a lot. I'm like, why didn't I love Soul? And I think honestly, it was because of that. You just need to get you gotta, like, you gotta sit down and just do it again. Yeah. You get cardboard and you just put the cardboard on your face and just on the TV. No distractions. No distractions. That's it. 
Ben, That's what are you trying to say? Apologize. I was going to say I'm also bummed I'm not seeing uh, Luca in theaters because I this is another trailer I watched multiple times when it came out this week, and I absolutely adored it. It looks – I was laughing my butt off when uh, at the very end when it's like, what are you doing, El Stupido? And the old lady's like, keeps smacking him. So, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it a brilliant really Yeah. It, I mean, the movie looks awesome. I'm probably mm. going to adore this movie. But I do feel for these Pixar employees because I agree. It's like, why is Disney like, oh, yeah, you could just watch it, the Pixar film for free on uh, Disney Plus, but you have to pay for Black Widow. I and got Soul. I, understole, I understood Soul. Coming yeah. out of Christmas, high the pandemic. But look, if, if, you, if you're comfortable, if you're confident that Cruella is going to make money in theaters. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because Cruella is coming out sooner. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. That's Just... Cruella's in a couple weeks. That's ridiculous. Then. And yeah, Luca yeah. comes out after. And Cruella can go to theaters, but Luca can't. That makes no sense. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um All right. I I hope I, I'm kind of hoping that there's somehow going to be a sea change of heart where they're like, you know what, let's put it out for, for a couple weeks. I really something. hope so, man. Um yeah. but I I'm I don't get it, and I Question. feel like people should be disappointed. Question. Yes. Um, for the Oscars, is this considered a streaming movie? Is this a thing? Because Disney Plus, like, would this? Are we past uh, that point where Netflix just allows anything? Animated or, movies, animated movies are allowed or don't have the same rules as Best Picture. Mm, got it. Yeah, because Soul still won. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, if for an animated film to be to be nominated for Best Picture, like Up was, it would have to play in theaters, but. It can be nominated for best anime. See, that, see, that's bullshit then, because like, if 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 like Luca's really, really, really good, it's the best movie of the year. It can't win best movie of the year because it didn't yeah. come in theaters. That's really not fair. That's baloney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're getting into a large argument. What I would say that that should be true no matter what. Oh no, like, I agree. If there's a a best movie of the year, but it didn't go to theaters, it yeah. should get to no. Get I it, agree. No matter what. I, I movies I are movies. I know. Oh, yeah. uh, awards are stupid. Um. <laughs> uh. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, let's move on to a different anime movie for our main topic. We're leaving the trailer park. I have uh, to stop you right there, Sparks, because I got to tell you, we need to just sit here for a half hour. I'm not having this bullshit. Uh, I, I need to tell you right now that I'm really upset that netflix bought this movie i am really upset that this went to a streaming service and not to theaters i'm kind of upset that i think the only problems i even kind of could have with this movie come from story structure early on that i think happened because it was changed from connected to this um so so full spoilers for the mitchells versus the machines um this was a sony animated film that was sold to netflix during the pandemic and is now a netflix original um this is from the producing partners of phil lord and chris miller i apologize i don't remember the names of the director or i'm finding them right now don't worry uh thank you um i I meant to write it down but i completely forgot so full spoilers if you don't want to know anything about this movie uh you know skip ahead the Mitchells versus the machines was uh directed by mike rianda and co-directed by jeff rowe who is also written by rianda and rowe nice um so let's just get into it um I don't have a lot to say. 10 out of 10. I'm done. Uh, ben? <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely adored it. This movie was a blast. I wish I saw it in the movie theater as well, but it was, I was laughing the whole time. There are so many, th- I don't know if I have any negative thing to say about this movie to be perfectly honest. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that. Sparks. Yeah. Overall, I think it's really, really great. Um, big, 
we're, we're going to talk about it. So I don't, I don't have too much. I need to say there, there, I have very minor nitpicks about, I, there's certain story beats that I don't think work and they're mostly in the beginning. And Ryan, I had a really, really good time. I really wish I would have saw this in theaters. Um, yeah. The good news is like people are responding to this movie hard. Like people, this is movies doing well on Netflix and it's like, it's got like almost a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. And again, that doesn't mean anything, but like, this is a movie that like, sometimes you see a movie and you're like, okay, this movie is a hit. Right. And this movie is a hit and I'm really glad it is. So like, even though it didn't go to theaters, like people are still reacting to it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, as someone who deals with like, like, uh, like, I guess you could also be similar, Brandon, like, like family dramas and like connecting with people. The movie used to be called connected. I think it's a really great title for it as well. Like it does so much with just like a family being a family, but also being an insanely good genre science fiction movie at the same time with great music. Um, like I, I also have very, very little complaints. And like the complaints I have, like, are, aren't going to give this movie any less points. Like I agree, Brandon, like this movie might be a 10 for me, but like, uh, we're going to talk about it some more. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, I'm probably going to tip my hat a lot because um, when there was, there was a moment when I was watching this movie and there's a bit in the movie when they go on the seven hour pony ride and, and it smash cuts to get to the ledger if you want to make it alive what about prancer he's with the canyon now yeah and like that killed me and i said i think this might be the best movie of the year mm-hmm. and i was never disproved that when the movie ended yeah and in, in terms of of like absurd comedy Again, like Lord and Miller didn't like write this movie, but like their influence is on it. And like the writers clearly like like the stuff that they made before, like the the absurdist humor of just like the giant Furby. It's like the dark harvest begins, like really stupid stuff. Like when really if you look at it on a script, like the Furby is, is announcing that the dark harvest begins. It's stupid, but like the execution of it, it's just so funny. And it's or, just the comedy works 99% of the time. And this movie has such a, a jokes per minute like ratio. It is so high that a lot of the jokes, like not all the jokes work, but most of them do. And that is, the, the script is insanely good. Like the script a, is so good. There's the, a bit where the, where the, where the, like the high tech robot, the super robot. So like one of them is running away. It's like, brothers run. The lavender yeah. one has come. Um, <laughs> this, this film is probably the purest iteration I've ever seen of an anime movie doing the, throw flashy thing on screen to to distract children yeah constantly yeah uh do it all the time and that's usually not good that's usually a bad thing that's usually a sign of like bad not a weak film needing to keep things moving and distracted yeah um this film most of the time uses that effectively and well uh and and that really impressed me i'm like i i can tell where this is very much made for with kids in mind um but it's not it's not hurting the movie to do it the the way that uh, what i'm thinking of in particular is like the way they they uh animate what is essentially katie's imagination around her which is 2d animation that appears around her Mm -hmm. and that is like literal translation of this is a kind of dull part throw something flashy on the screen for the kids yeah uh but they make it work um by making it feel organic there are a couple of moments where i think it hurts the pace of the movie for me um this is moments like the the jump with the car and then it turns into her animation for for her imagination animation for a while the um and for me and for me uh, the first one didn't bother me. The second one did. Mm-hmm. Um, the repeat of it when it's doing the robot chase, I'm like that. That hurt. That took me out of the pace of the film for a little bit. 
maybe because the beat was too long. I don't know. I think that this film totally because it's the same beat could have just done it, but done it faster yeah. uh, and then moved on. Um, but the, again, like those are really minor things and like they don't hurt the film. Like I, 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 I'm like that, that bit isn't for me, but it doesn't mean I don't like everything else that's going on. Um, I think that like, I really just want to get this out of the way because it is my only real criticism, which is just there's, there's weird there's something weird and I can't even put my finger on it exactly in the story structure of the, of the character beats of the setup at the beginning of the film. And I don't know where the translation is between just how they establish the family dynamic or, or the fact that I have knowledge of what that scene looked like before, because if you remember when we watched the first trailer and it was connected, the conversation at the table was different. Mm -hmm. um, it was not as much a, a based around um, the dynamic of her, videos and her failure but more the dad just wanting them to drop technology to engage more yeah, yeah and i think that that family dynamic thing became more prominent in this version and something in the working of it felt too too clunky in its directness uh i i think that there's a little bit too much of the talking down to the kids to make sure they get the point kind of thing that that i've think animated films that have been generally crafted to usually handle a little better and and this one a few times like hits that hits that point where it's just like really really gonna just drive this moment in the most like obtuse way to make sure that the point fits but it's not necessarily hitting in a character beat that that feels resonant are they driving in with a number three screwdriver y you get what i mean though uh and and like again didn't really hurt the film for me I definitely just felt that in the very early part and I can't get much more specific than I yeah. already have, but there was something just a little weird about that. I also just think I might've liked the movie opening a little more without the flash forward robot yeah. engagement. I think we could have just started with the I, family stuff. Yeah, I think I agree. And I, I, I do agree with you. I, so like the first 15 minutes of the movie when it's like, when it does like the flashback and then it's like the family setup stuff. Uh, I, I liked it a lot, but like, I didn't love it. It really wasn't until like, like half an hour into the movie where I'm like, oh shit, now I love this movie. Like when the robot invasion really starts happening. But like the first, yeah, like 15, 20 minutes, like I think we didn't need the, the this, so so talk about a crazy family. Look, we're going to save the world. We'll show you in a couple days. Like I, it's good, but I agree. I don't think, I think it kind of ruins the flow of the movie a bit. Not ruins the flow. That's a bad word. Again, this isn't bad, uh, but I do agree. It is the weakest part is the opening for me. You know what I think part of it is, is that um, generally when films do that, where they do the like, here's the thing that's going to happen later Deadpool in the film that it. I'm narrating for you and we'll get there and, mm -hmm. and let's take a, a walk back. Um, the character kind of revisits that narration with you and it's like, yeah, now you're here and this is what I'm feeling in that moment. We don't get that. And the thing is that like when Katie is narrating that opening, which Katie's just not the narrator anymore after, um, she calls her family the worst family ever. Yeah. But... But the, the logic would say that the arc of the film says that by the time that she's telling that story, that's not how she feels unless we follow her into the narration of that moment in particular, which isn't what happens. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think that that whole opening bit just feels a little janky to me. I, I actually, because, because I watched it so recently, I'm thinking of Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog does that exact thing where it opens with him oh, and yeah, Eggman yeah. chasing through the city. And when it gets to that beat again in the film, he's like, so there you go. Now we're all caught up and that's where I'm at. You want to see where it goes? Me too. Here we go. <laughs> and like that's that's the and I think that maybe that's part of why that machine bit the opening feels a little janky to me. But then it is just like these awkward 
uh, bits of how how they hit the character beats for introducing the family feel a little weird uh, to me. But they're the only flaw in the film. Everything else is really solid. Um, so that's it. That's out of the way. I don't need to talk about my, any of uh, anything else that's really critical of it. That yeah, anymore. Uh, I, that really isn't even like a big. I don't think that sounds like a big like. Uh, Does it hurt the movie? It's just like no. oh, I think this maybe needed a little bit of refining. Also, like if you cut if you just cut the opening part, like. I didn't, I didn't think this movie was too long, but it is almost two hours long, and I definitely felt that it was two hours long. Uh, and that's, again, it's not like a bad thing, but if you cut the, 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 the first like 10 minutes or so, I'm like, oh, we like, we're not really missing anything if you, if you get rid of that beginning. So um, I, 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 dis, I disagree, Sparks, um, but I also don't have a rebuttal, so I'm not really going to pressure that. But I, 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 I honestly didn't feel the length. In fact... Um, about an hour in, I was like, oh man, I hope we have more of the, I hope we have a lot more of this to come. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I thought that I felt short, not that I felt it was short. It's just, I, for me, every joke landed for me, the story was, was the story landed very well. The characters are, are, are well-rounded. Um, it feels very personal. It's very original. Um, the animation is so unique and vibrant and something I've never seen before, even in Spider-Verse, even though Spider-Verse is the closest. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just loved the, the, the trajectory there. Um, I just wanted to keep going and about 30 minutes in, I said, I kind of want to restart this because I, I, I want to get back to some of those jokes that I love so much in the beginning, even though knowing I have so many more jokes that I can't wait to see. Uh, yeah. I, uh, adored this movie. This might be my favorite movie of the year so far. This is yeah, definitely I... my favorite movie of the year. Uh, this is definitely my favorite movie thus far. What have we even seen? <laughs> I mean, we, to be fair, the, the it has it's not a lot out. No, but. I'm just trying to think like what I've even seen this year that like it, it actually just by default because I haven't seen that much. It might be the best movie of the year. It it is by default or as of right now, it's like by default, but also it's just that good. Yeah. Um, like because when I saw how long this movie was, because I watched it, I watched it pretty late last night, and I was like, oh wow, it's almost two hours. Because I was thinking, okay, it's probably gonna be like an hour and a half, maybe an hour thirty-five. No, it's just almost a solid two. I was like, mm, okay, hopefully this doesn't drag. By minute, by like the twenty-minute mark, I was like, I am going to love this movie, aren't I? And just every, a lot of the jokes were landing so well for me, and I want, I really would like to watch this movie again. I like, I love how a lot of the jokes, like. So Sparks, you mentioned that you didn't like the second time when they did the Rick Missile special with the banjos and everything. I love that they do it twice. I actually love that a lot of things in the movie have a great callback. Like the um like I was like I had the dumbest grin on my face when they were when uh Katie and Rick were on the robot were on uh Eric and Deborah bot flying through Deborah bot five thousand. Eric and Deborah bot man. And they were singing uh Maria he Maria they're doing that bit tears it was like oh, every they got a call back and even when pal was like dying in the water where it's like you know this reminds me of you they brought back the monkey <laughs> brandon how much did you laugh when she's like put me on the table so i can rage and she's just <laughs> on the table it's like a smartphone man olivia coleman as just a, as like an evil uh, uh ai smartphone fantastic um so good. perfect villain don't need any more for olivia coleman like I knew she, I knew Pal was gonna be the, the villain. The second um, Mark, the 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 CEO of Pal says she's completely obsolete and throws it away. It's like, oh, there's the villain. And then when um, 
you know, when it's brought before Pal, and it's like, and I gave you endless knowledge. I gave you to a way to magically talk to your family and friends around the world. And what did you do to me? Poke, poke, swipe, pinch. It's so story. funny. It's not like on there. It's not like I, I was expecting it as like, oh, is this going to be on a, a social commentary on how people are stuck to their phones? Is it? Is it going to be like that? It's like, no. It's just like the, all the poking and tapping. She hates that. It, no, I mean, it, it is meant to be a, a social commentary on 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 how reliant we are on technology. Yeah. Um, but more than uh, it, that is the secondary theme of uh, of the 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 primary theme, which is um which which is family and how dysfunctional mm-hmm. some families can be but at the at the end of the day like they're family and you know it's it what did you say it's having a best friend for the rest of your life mm-hmm. uh, oh, the, raptor bash uh, uh i i just I let this roll for a while but uh i want to make a clarification ben said i hated the second yeah. bit with the internet man thing. why did I you really hate this movie so much that i didn't say hate i just said it didn't work for me that's yeah. not that, that bit didn't land on me i didn't hate it it just didn't resonate with me it didn't make me laugh it didn't i thought this could have happened quicker i think that it, it ruined the pace a little for me okay uh it could have gone faster but i didn't hate anything in this movie so let me be clear on that right. i'm being critical but i'm not being negative no sounds like it hates him really you're right i think he hates terrible movie. i'm being nice <laughs> because you all loved it apparently this is trash this is utter trash and drek and i don't understand why you guys wait shrek it. we're talking about shrek now he didn't have a shreckingly good time. Uh, I think the stuff between, uh, like the stuff that works best for me, like obviously the comedy, the comedy is there, but like the the emotional resonance of of her and their dad, and like again, like the thing that's so great about it, it's like it's not talking down to people who are always on their phone, or it's not talking down to people who are not on their phone. They're two different types of lifestyles. I think mm-hmm. I think they did a good job with acknowledging like the concept of technology and social media being an issue yeah but they have and i'm really glad it's like one of my favorite parts of of the movie probably as far as like handling this theming and and commentary is when the dad is talking to uh eric andre's character and he says like i i feel like technology gets really out of control but if it if what you made helped my daughter make this, mm-hmm. then it can't be all bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you did some terrible stuff with technology, but this, but there's also, here's obviously evidence of the good that I and wasn't it's... acknowledging. And like, I think that that holds the, like, there's obviously, and a very strong reason to be nervous about where technology is going, mm-hmm. but there is also the really good things that come from having that technology. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dad, did you, you made a YouTube? Yeah. I know the internet now. <laughs> Yeah, all all of that, like like almost almost, I would like say like Family Guy, like you would think of a Family Guy joke where it is like a smash cut to something like ridiculous. Like all that comedy does does work for me. And again, because like that that Lord Miller, like that that's they've been doing that again, like since Cloudy with a Chance of Meat, Meatball, since Clone High and Twenty One Jump Street, this is, the this Lego is, Movie. All these movies have stupid comedy that really really works because they know yes. they're just great comedians. This is living in between Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Spider Verse for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and, and again, like the animation, like it looks so good and it is so unique and it is a blend of so many different things and like it is it does use like three D animation and then like her imagination is two D and like so many and there's like real life puppetry sometimes or like sock puppets like so much effort when in this movie there is not a wasted frame there's one shot where like where katie's like we're gonna do this thing and like it turns it turns like yellow and like it's all this beautiful imagery and it's gone in a second but like if you find that image there's so much stuff on that one half second page like just so much love went in this movie and it's clear man it's like this is like this is what this is the top man it's so good that dog uh manchi his 
two things really killed me about it. First off, I thought that licking gag got funnier every single time. <laughs> and then, and then um, the the fact that the robots couldn't tell if it was a dog, a pig, or a loaf of bread. That's the, the fact that that the movie commits. Sorry, the, the movie commits to their plan. Like how they're going to save the world is the robots can't tell between a pig and a dog. And just like they're driving down the road, and it's just like hundreds of robots cannot process this loaf of bread. And I'm like, this is so absurd. And there's incredible, like, crazy sci-fi, like, music in the background. That, like, you mentioned, like, the music is so good in this movie. And, like, those those cool digitized, like, super samurai robots are so, so cool, cool looking. I'll buy an action figure of those guys. And then, like, the mom turns out to be, like, a samurai, like, destroyer. And she's so cool. <laughs> the reckoning has come. The reckoning has come. <laughs> One, my brothers. Uh, all that shit is, it's just, it's chef that's good. Right. Or when the when the robots show up and he's like, "Yes, my queen," and the other robot's like, eh, "Kiss ass." Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, yes, my queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, Eric, and and uh, what's the name? What's the Deborah bought three Deborah Deborah bought five thousand. Uh, like uh, anytime they like get an order, it's like okay, like I love that. Like all like I love Bet Beckett and Fred Armisen. Like those are the SNL guys. Yeah, like uh, like the casting in this movie is so good. Like nobody's misplaced. Like it, again, this is just like, this is one of those winners. Uh, this is one of the most colorful animated films I've ever seen Dude. Um, in the sense that like, there, there's definitely like really colorful animated movies, but this one takes opportunity where like, you don't need to go hard on a lot of vibrant color the, here. Um, and they're just like, yeah, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're just going to put purples and blues yeah. in the sky because it, screw it. it. I feel like it was like, okay, so we don't have to use this much colors. Like, but I want to, there's a lot. Yeah, but you don't need to. It's like I don't care. I wanna. I'm gonna go to. Yeah. I'm gonna do there's it. a lot. There's a lot of animation around the robots that looks like really colorful indie comic paneling yeah. come to life. Like it's it's extraordinarily vibrant. Uh, the the giant Furby um, when he does a hyper beam, that's like the best like laser effect I've ever seen in a movie. That yeah. hyper beam and it like it like melts everything and I'm like, dude, that's like the BFG. It looks so good. <laughs> or the, like, the, the, the washing machine. The washing machine where it's just like uh what, what is it spin tumble carnage yeah, uh, oh i love okay so one of the gags that got me was when uh, aaron the young the younger brother is like there's a bunch of vacuums coming after me and it's a bunch of rumors is like come on my brothers we shall uh, and they fall start falling we, we have ouch, been called ouch, to battle ouch ouch pain ouch ouch love Just it the monotone of them falling down the stairs is like never mind <laughs> i, I like for for me uh the the uh deborah bot when he's just like when he's when he's just like deborah bot five thousand and he's just what are you doing to me i'm also eric <laughs> yeah um, they, they play off really well, really well the mall scene is one of the coolest things i've ever seen animated uh with all the appliances and some of the action beats the furbies what what a great uh great nightmare fuel for our generation is seeing those furbies come to life trying to kill people oh man um that was that was a really interesting pull because i'm like that really is more our generation than the generation most of this movie is it feels like like this movie is aiming at the kids that were katie's age and were kids when when that song was popular in 2008 yeah like when that song hit the internet that's who this movie is like aiming at for the adult range now and then it's also aiming at like obviously small young children mm-hmm. um but the furby thing i'm like that's for the old adults <laughs> like you wanted to make sure they got all the demographics because they really like, did i'm yeah. like that's not that's like, not for that if you're generation. 25 to 40 you're gonna be like oh no those little things <laughs> like they got everybody like the, last the biggest furby in the world 
Yeah. The last time I remember any good Furby joke was in the first Transformers film when they pull a truck up with Furbies and Starscream blows it up with missiles. 2007? <laughs> That's the last time I remember a decent joke on the Furbies. And now here they are. And it's like, we must summon the other. They all start harmonizing. I'm like, oh no. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I was sitting there and I'm like, when is the last time I heard, I even like heard reference to a Furby? And I'm like, it was actually relatively recently. And I realized that Jeremy and I had, had worked on writing a bit for Subproc that has to do with Furbies. There you go. Um, always but that's, style. but that's it. Like Furby hadn't come around in a long time. I'm like what a weird, I mean, it even had the thing happen. like Furby said, like it's, it's back in style. Like it's coming back or something. It's yeah, yeah. like just yeah, in time. Furbies are back with the power love alex hirsch in this yes yeah. Yeah. alex hirsch was a uh, also story consultant which is awesome alex hirsch for those who don't know is the creator of gravity falls um oh. so right on uh, uh, knows his comedic cartooning and he's involved in a lot of other cartoon shows too but gravity falls is his his prominent gem the uh the the neighbors oh the 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 um are they? john legend yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. they're like the name something. the posies the posies there you the go the posies yeah, the perfect the, family. Even the even the dog is ripped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, this is one of those movies where I, I think I think it's I think it's an exceptional movie. I just if you don't like a certain type of comedy, I think that's the only way you're not going to enjoy this movie because I think it's I think it's really good. I think it's got a good core. I think the characters are good. I just don't think if you like like really ridiculous humor, it might not be for you. But like otherwise, like this movie rules, man. It, it's yeah. it's steeped in a lot of. Um, it's both absurdist and internet humor. Both yeah, of those things are humor, very yeah. prominently on display. And if if neither of those are really like like a good example is my dad won't like this movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and like that's fine. Like this humor is not my dad's humor even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my dad does like his occasional animated film. Like my dad really likes Soul. You know, like he he's got a vibe for animated movies. Uh, my dad loves Shrek. Uh, this this is not that for him. Like this won't this won't work um and i get that it takes a big swing and like it luckily it like works but like i can definitely see like something like like my mom like my mom loves comedies but like i don't think this type of comedy she'll she'll go for i'm pretty sure that my stepsisters and my brother are gonna love this movie whereas my dad my stepmom probably not yeah sounds like like the older generation just might not like this movie i mean mean, they might like it but i feel like a lot of the jokes are gonna fly over the heads whereas with my stepsisters who are a few years older than than me but still are same our generation they're probably gonna watch this and laugh their butts off just as hard as the kids are mm-hmm. humor humor as it has evolved has a speed and a uh, tone to it that adjusts to its generation mm-hmm. and the speed of humor that we are even acclimated to that wasn't the humor when we were kids but we're acclimated to it it's because fast. we're still watching things that are coming out for younger generations and we still like that and we appeal to it is very very rapid fire um it's very like throw you off your game uh with jerking around like like brandon brought up the cut to the canyon yeah uh that kind of humor that's just not something like 10 years <laughs> he's or lost above. to the canyon now <laughs> that, that's not something 10 years or above us ever really encountered unless yeah. they were engaging with it even on their children's level and i think that's the thing is like that humor wasn't around when I was a kid going to the movies. So my dad didn't even have to sit through it in that way and get acclimated to it that way. Yeah. So it's very far removed. So yeah, it is very much a like us and younger are going to be able to connect to it, but I think much higher than that. And it's, it's hard. Yeah. 
I do want to talk, touch on, because uh, we talked a lot about how funny this movie is, and for my money, it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. The emotional heart of the film is uh, Katie and her dad, and I yeah, think yeah. that is handled so beautifully well through the uh, through the use of the video camera and seeing the old footage of of uh, of them as 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 kids, uh, learning about the the little moose, um, oh. kind of in reverse order. Like you see that he, that he gave it to her. And then you see where it came from and it became kind of, you know, it was his security blanket and he gave it to her. Beautiful um, uh, a parallel, uh, mm. par- parallel storytelling. Um, mm. I think that the whole family dynamic just is, is, is so real and raw and works in this movie. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a thing again, like, it, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, obsessed with like making videos, but there's also nothing wrong with like if you if that's not your jam, you don't have to be. But the problem is you're not even trying to accept what your daughter's doing. That's the yeah. problem. And it's just it's just negligence. And like he's not doing it on purpose. He's just like, oh, I don't like the things she's like. So it's like that's not we're going to bond over that. But you don't realize like you're pushing away something that she's passionate about. Yeah. And that's just something we can all relate to on different levels, you know, growing up and stuff like that. Like the emotional core of this movie is so strong. And the, 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 the voice acting is so strong. And like Danny McBride and Abby Jacobson are just like killing it. And she's, they're just so good. And like Danny McBride is like, he's normally like a really, really good comedy dude, but like, he's really showing some, some like emotional range. Not that he doesn't have it obviously, but like for this animated thing where he's usually a big bombastic mm-hmm. person. Um, he is that, but he's also like really sweet. I hate watching movies with you sometimes because I don't like crying in front of people. So I very so so there's a scene there's a scene uh, the, the the scene where she's like oh I didn't know I was recording over my dad's old stuff and it's him like leaving his house that he built like when she's a child and taking the moose off the thing and he's like oh, I'll be ready in a second. That's what got me because like you see everything he's done for his daughter and like now he doesn't know how much he's hurting his daughter. It's like all this stuff and like decades of like just so much build up and I'm like man this is how you do a family drama like this yeah. while still being really funny. It's so good. The, the, he sends the he sends her a Facebook request. And she's like, "Oh, I thought a serial killer sent this." <laughs> <laughs> a ransom note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I think the the dad character is um su- is just out of touch enough to work for on both a humor level and a emotional level. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's very out of touch. So much so, www dot and he spells out dot. That's okay. <laughs> And it, it works, it works on a humor level, but also works on an emotional level because that he's trying. it's, it's another, it's another um, barrier that he just can't connect to Katie with. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's a frustration for him. And I think that's really well handled. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the two robots are like, Oh, this human changed his programming. Can we also change? Like all that shit's so good too. Like even the robots have arcs. Um, mother, mother, what is death? Mother. God. <laughs> are you my mother now? Oh, sure, honey. Oh man, it's brothers! Like, the reckoning is coming. Yeah, I. Uh, Here comes the lavender one. I, I don't think I have honestly too much to say. Like this is one of those where I'm like, you guys should. Uh, everyone should see this movie, man. There's definitely that shot where I had that moment again, uh, where the dad, where they're falling in the tube, and that she's looking at the dad, and the dad's like looking back, really sad, and like you see the ground getting closer. I'm like. Yo, they gotta kill the dad. I thought they were gonna legitimately like, thought the same thing. No, they gotta kill the dad. I thought they were gonna kill the dad. A, that's a kill the dad shot right there. No, I know that shot, and that's a kill. I was the ready dad to shot. start bawling, dude. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I flashed back to the crudes. Yeah, like the the first time I saw the crude that the dad sent them away, and I'm like, Yo, no. are they gonna kill the dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, when, they, when we saw that, I'm like, they, they better not do what I think they're gonna do. They better not, because if they did, I was gonna start crying. No, it's See, it's not like it's not. That's not how how um. That's not how I, I reacted to that thing. I, I didn't say, "Oh, you better not, movie." I was like, 
Yo, are they going to do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely in the same places where I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking cry. <laughs> like, gonna, it is so I'm shy. Cry hardcore it is if shy. They really do it. <laughs> like a death scene. It was definitely. I was, I was bawling when they're then when they're singing my yahi on the robots and destroying all that i'm bawling guys i'm i'm a baby it was like oh, yeah. it was like my brain raced in that moment because i'm like crudes didn't do it so it's probably not gonna happen i'm like how to train your dragon 2 did it i'm like no. <laughs> 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 um, yeah the action oh, the, the action how to in this two. Awesome. how to train your dragon 2 was the other time i was like they're gonna kill the dad and they did it <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah like ryan said the action is awesome I, I just love, I really love like those, those like digital, those digital warrior guys, like the next level, like the, the super battle joys, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely got, I definitely got teary eyed somewhere in the emotional stuff happening between the daughter and the dad. I couldn't tell you the specific moment. I was just like, I was feeling it. Was so feeling so the feels. there's always a point in the movie where like, you know, like the family has to break mm -hmm. up or I have to have the drama. And like, I thought we got it early. So I didn't expect it to happen like two thirds of the way through the movie where, where the evil AI plays the video of her saying, oh, I don't, I didn't actually mean any of that stuff I said to my dad. That's the moment where I almost started crying again. I'm like, it's like, it is so well handled. And like, oh dad, no, don't, don't listen to her. And it's like, like oh, I don't mean it. And then they almost all die. And it's like, yo, this is cinema, baby. Oh my gosh. It was too <laughs> uh sad. I'm I'm really happy that they pivoted away from a moment that I realize that I in particular I'm just really done with in movies, uh, which is where the protagonist or a main protagonist, not necessarily the protagonist, uh, seems to have died in the event of the thing, and they're all like, "Are you okay?" All right, and it's and it holds on that, and it's like, <gasps> and they're not breathing and all yeah. that, and then they breathe, and it's like, "Oh, thank God!" And then everyone's happy, and that's oh, yeah, yeah. and that's it, and I'm I'm done with that beat of it just being that. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh no, she faking." Yeah, the <laughs> second and, and I, the lick, and I'm like, "Good, good," because either you got to kill them or you got to prove that it's you got to do something else with it. Because if it's just the, are they? No, nah, it's cool. I done. The Don't second do that anymore. the second she said closer, I knew she was. Yeah, she, I thought she was just gonna boop them or and something. I was like, thank goodness yeah. uh yeah great man because i was gonna be like man the movie was really good and then it tripped at the finish line and then they killed the main character like oh my god no this thing this is one of the parts i was thinking about how a lot of the gags they get great payoffs at close to the middle or at the end of the movie the dog the dog licking rick is what is one of those payoffs because i at the same time i'm like oh no where is this like a fake thing i was like oh no she fake and she fake she's like closer okay so you have it then Lick. <laughs> uh, uh, one of my other favorite sequences is the travel log video for foolish human uh, flesh bags. Oh my god! Which is uh, oh, uh, foolish human, human air. air. They're doing it into the video stream, and it's like, and you will be sent into the black void of space. Yeah, <laughs> that kills me. You will You'll be, be traveling for an eternity. <laughs> oh like, man! But you also have free Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. I oh, guess that's not too that's bad. Nice, but no I, food. I, I, no, so another oh. one of my favorite gags in this movie is when Pal is like explaining her plan or is like telling her, it's like, oh, humans are dumb. They're not gonna. It's like, watch what happens when I turn off the Wi Fi. Holy <laughs> shit. What are the we have pissed off the router gods. We need to make a sacrifice. <laughs> the old world is dead. Does someone want to take a picture of my food? <laughs> and Can you watch me unbox this? And then oh when you get the pods, it's like, we have free Wi-Fi. It's like, oh, take me, take me with you. <laughs> Just the fact that you got this this cult of, like, Wi-Fi gods. It's like, we have anchored the router. We must make a sacrifice to the router. 
God, that was so good. That felt like a Rick and Morty sketch, honestly. It did. Uh, no, just I like, like fun. Trust me, man. You don't like fun. No, I really do. That's like the main thing people say about me is I like fun. Congratulations, human. Welcome to the fun. Yeah. Wait, maybe I don't like fun. Again, there are there are so many jokes per minute. And like it's almost like it's there's almost too many because you're still laughing by the time a next a uh, really good you one happens next. You have to watch it again because like there's really, definitely like five I missed. Uh, oh and no, this is I have to watch it again. Oh shucks, I have to watch a great movie again. Um, oh shoot. Yeah. But do you know what way I wish I could watch it again? On oh. Blu-ray. Boy, do I. Oh, is this never? Yeah. Is this one of those things that will never happen? It's Netflix, so I doubt it. It sucks. Come on, Sony. You know what way I wish I could watch this movie again? That would definitely make the time and effort to go out and see? Seriously. In a movie theater. See, yeah. the movie theater thing pisses me off because I'd love to see it in a theater. But the blue, the fact that it's on Netflix uh, tells to me that Look, Cloverfield Paradox got a DVD, got a DVD Blu-ray release, so I'm not going to take it off the table. But it's highly unlikely that we'll see it. We'll see a Blu-ray or a DVD of this, and that sucks because I want to own this movie. I just don't get more, that. More importantly, like if you have it, a 4K because animated films benefit probably the most from 4K. I can tell you. And good God, do I want to watch this in that 4K yeah. Blu-ray on my Blu-ray player? Because look, I can stream it and stream it in near 4K and great, but nothing beats like having the player on the thing on the device that's supposed to do it without any streaming streaming issue. can only like, do so here much. it is here it's so pretty i just don't get that like this is not a conversation we need to have but like netflix who is in like the most dead of anybody in the planet uh they could make a lot of money by by merchandising I, their movies I'm, i don't understand it i'm gonna tell you right now like what what drives me crazy is that like everyone will say like the physical media market is dead and i'm like you know it doesn't have to be literally all of the studios everybody could just go to manufacture on demand and that way they don't overmake the products so they don't feel like they lost profits yeah but they still get all the people who were gonna buy it to buy it and just it do doesn't it. really hurt them because they make it when you order it yeah just be like hey if you want this a uh, physical release just go to this website you'll get it in x amount of time Warner, Warner Brothers does it, yeah. but they only do it for select things. Oh, yeah. Netflix um, used to be pretty prolific with the DVDs when it came to the TV shows, um, uh, like House of Cards. You can find the whole thing on DVD. I think you, you, I don't know if you can anymore. But Stranger Things, the first two seasons had a DVD release. Voltron, the first six seasons had a DVD release. Strain, uh, Trollhunters, first first season had a DVD release, and like be, that was the cutoff. So a lot of those seasons haven't aren't going to be completed. Like I'm not going to get a Stranger Things season three, a DVD, and I'm so pissed off about it. Or a Voltron. I don't think that's true. I, I think when Stranger Things is over, they'll probably release it all. No, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Which is I the do. Target exclusive, the VHS designs. Those are those are so cool too. Like again, that's an awesome marketing opportunity, and like the fact that like they won't. The fact that they did it at all makes me even more mad because then they're not going to finish it. That's the yeah. problem. That's the frustrating thing is like everyone kind of said, look Black Lightning. The whole big thing was that Black Lightning's DVD seasons for seasons two and three were widely available, but the Blu-rays weren't available at all. And when the Blu-rays did become available, they were made manufacture on demand, which nobody complained about because they're like, look, at least I can get it on yeah. Blu-ray because they were pissed off that every other CW Arrowverse show was Blu-ray, but that wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, cool, see, that solved the problem. You're not mad. And the people who wanted to buy it on Blu-ray bought it on Blu-ray. The end. Uh, and it's it's wild to me that like more things aren't going to do this we uh brandon and i talked about this like there's this whole thing with you know disney plus uh 
what are they going to do? Will Mandalorian ever be on Blu-ray? That kind of thing. And there, there's like, there's an easy answer. Disney has a thing called the Disney Movie Club where they sell exclusive titles through there rather than putting them out into any other place. And I'm like, put them on there. Make them manufacture on demand. People will buy them. Like maybe not enough that you need to bulk sell them in targets. And the Mandalorian like that. though is something literally they will sell millions and millions of copies. Yeah, yeah. I but but like their whole thing is like, you know, they don't want to stock all the targets around the country because there are going to be targets where those copies never get bought because that's what happens and that's why people think physical media is dying because more and more of that happens. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, go to manufacturer on demand. So only the people who want it buy it. It just and the nice thing is once yeah. you have the file of like this exists the template of this exists so we can make it anytime they order it you can just make it anytime they order it forever and yeah. you get to set your price it's just it sucks because like if you're a star wars fan you can never complete the star wars like like video we, we had that discussion with the mcu wandavision and the falcon winter soldier are those going to blu-ray 4k whatever um if you're an mcu fan chances are a lot of mcu fans who already own all the all the blu-rays are collectors like us who are going to want the complete collection and might not be able to get a complete collection because of their own Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney seems like they'd be smart enough to do it, but I I don't know. Disney well, Plus is, is such a new pro, new new streaming service. Like it, it's still pretty new, so it's kind of up in the air whether or not they're going to do it at all. So yeah, we'll look, see, I, I, guess. I, I there's a lot of things talking about how physical media is going down, uh, and it's not. And the the most optimistic thing to me is that. Fan out fan outcry was obviously strong enough that there's a lot of people who wanted to buy Black Lightning on Blu-ray that Warner Brothers had to respond to it. Mm -hmm. um, so that makes me optimistic that I'm like, look, the, the 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 demand is out there for these things. You just have to be willing to like work with the market. I understand not wanting to make enough to put in every target across mm -hmm. the country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't make it and market it to the people who want to give you the money for the products and Mitchell versus the machines to bring it back to our topic is definitely one of those things where I'm like, look, if Netflix offered a manufacturer on demand 4k Blu-ray for like $35, I buy it. Like I would do it. Yeah. I want that movie that way. Yeah. All right. Um, this movie's really good. You guys should watch it. Everyone should watch it. It's really great. Uh, I, I, I had very little that I thought, was bumpy about it uh do you want since you do you want to rate it yes you do 9.8 we don't do that here what we do today come on <laughs> like they don't mean anything right yeah. uh I, on my i would give it a 9.5 uh uh i don't know why i went no i know it's not totally perfect because i did talk about some stuff yeah 9.5 <laughs> yes movie is probably my favorite movie of the year uh, I'd have to see what else I've seen, but like I think it's mostly been big blockbuster stuff. So uh, this movie's <laughs> real good. Love it, Ben. I'm straddling the line between a nine point five and a ten. Straight. I just I absolutely love this movie. No, screw it. I'm gonna give it ten. After this movie was done, I had nothing bad to say about it. I had nothing wrong. I had nothing critical to say about it. I enjoyed myself the whole ride. And to me, if I could fully enjoy my myself through an entire ride of a movie, and I really want to watch this again. To me, that's worth a 10. So I'm giving this movie a 10. I absolutely adored it. Um, look, I've, I've talked about how unique the animation is, how gorgeous this movie looks. Um, this movie worked so well for me on every single level. Um, it's a masterpiece. It might be the best movie of the year. Uh, I haven't seen Please the rest of the four. movie of the year. Say four. Say four. <laughs> four out of ten. Uh, so it, it's a three out of ten, actually. No. Um it is a, it is a 10 out of 10 this is uh i i i you know 
if we had reviewed Barb and Barb uh, and Star, uh, I probably would have also given that a ten out of ten. So it's right up there, man. Barb and Star I was, and Mitchell. I was so impressed that that got a five star out of you, and I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Uh, that's that's a solid film. This you. is definitely probably the highest rated movie we've done because I can't think of anything I've given this year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, honestly, I, I coast almost into the 10 te territory because, again, like, I have criticisms, but they really don't hurt the movie. Yeah. Um, they're just like things that I'm like, that probably just need like a little a bit of tweaking for me, but it's, it's still I'm, like solid. I mean, I've only seen the movie once, and I might give a few more, I might point out a few, a criticism here and there when I do finally watch, when I do watch the movie a second time, but. I know what I'm going going into, and I feel like I'm still. I mean, even if I do point, I was like, okay, there, here's a little note or here's a little criticism. I'm still going to fully enjoy the movie. Yeah, I'm there's nothing wrong with a little bit of criticism for a movie that oh, most of us there. are giving nines and tens to. Yeah, <laughs> Ben does yeah. have a does Ben does have a tendency to um, over dramatize a criticism. Um, I, I only referred I only refer refer to you saying that Sparks hated a moment when he yeah, clearly yeah. said he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Um, well, also, well, also that Ben will usually have like if there's that one thing that really just pisses him off, it's gonna really drag that thing down. It's true. And all, all it right. takes is that one to hit him on right on the like piss me off button. Not this movie though. Speaking of that, let's move on to the book club. Ben, smooth transition there, Sparks. Kudos. So yes, it is my turn for the book club, and my book club is Sword Quest, um, which is written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, and drawn by uh, Scott Chawalachuk. I think I said that right. Isn't it Ghostwriter X? It probably is Ghostwriter X, because the name I have here is different on the place where I read it, so it probably is Ghostwriter it's X. Ghostwriter X. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah, this... Yeah, this is a another one of the Dynamite Atari books. The last one we read was Centipede, which is very is vastly superior to this one. Uh, I thought this book was fine. I uh, I read the first issue of this. I read the first two issues of this. I bought it at a comic book store a while ago, and I liked it. And but unfortunately, they never got my third issue. And by that point, I, I the other issues were gone. I couldn't find them anywhere. So this is the first time I finished it. I still liked it. I had a fun time with it. But it, it just didn't give me that oomph that Centipede did. So, Sparks, why are you giving me that look? I'm Holy shocked. I, I'm shocked, too, because, like, I think Centipede's great. This is definitely not, like, Centipede. Centipede's like, holy shit. But this is still, like, really good. And you're coming out with fine? I'm shocked. I'm going to tell you right up front, Ben. I wish Ready Player One was as good as this book. This you is what Ready Player One should have been. This is you know, so much better than Ready this, Player One. Ready Player One should be dick over this. This, this is yeah. so good. You, can I say something first? I, I don't know, man. Is it going to be fine? No, I agree with your. I agree with that. I think this this is a better version of Ready Player One, even though this is. But yeah, this is better than that book. I I just don't know. I think this book is really great as well. It is not better than Centipede, but like, how crazy it, is it that the two Atari video game adaptations that we read are both really good? I think this was wild. Um, I didn't know what to expect from this book, much in the same way I didn't know what to expect from Centipede. And the story I got. Uh, I really liked. I like the characters. I like the story. I like how it doesn't take itself seriously at all, but simultaneously takes itself very seriously. I love the villain, and he's just like a businessman, but he's also actually like a stupid sorcerer. Mm -hmm. I uh, 
I I love the game. I kept tips. hearing I kept hearing uh, Tim Curry's voice. Oh sure, for yeah, the yeah, bad yeah. guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I kept hearing Alan Tudyk. We oh, were yeah. in a similar space. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is a really cool book. That's like, how do you how do you adapt what this story is? And it's the real story of like the competition and like the game that never got made. What do you do with that story? And you make it a really human story about people trying to uh, do this man's last wish before he dies, and how it turns into actual a destiny adventure. Uh, like like a like prophecy adventure. Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's really fun. I thought they I thought they visualized the sword site so well. Yeah. Um, and I like it's it's different from centipede because like of the of the ending substantially. But like, what happened differently is that I got to the end of this and I'm like I I really want more and I'm mad there isn't more. Uh, you know, I, I want did, where this goes next. I did. I was kind of bummed about what when we got to the end. I was like, I really want to see what happens next. I really want to see them in uh, um, Atara, yeah, like, living their lives. Right. But... I I like those characters a lot. Hold on. Uh, Brandon's got to say what he wants to say. Go ahead, Brandon. All right. I've been. Uh, I just back to what we were talking about. How how we what we thought about the, the book. I, I just wanted to say. Um, I wasn't crazy about the beginning. I like the ending. I love the middle. Um, I For me, there was a moment where I started to really get into the book and it was the middle issues. Um, I don't think it quite ended as strongly as I wanted it to, but it does leave me wanting more. And I was a little bit bored in the beginning. But once the quest gets started and we're talking about the flashbacks of the, the game plot, which is the real thing, that I was really into. The first issue is extremely like setting the groundwork. Do you mean issue and zero or issue no one? Issue zero. Okay. I mean issue boring. one. I okay. mean issue one. I I mean issue zero, which is, that is very much like I know, yeah. uh, which is very much setting the groundwork. And I'm like, I just don't know what this is exactly going to be. Um, but I felt like issue one and, and such like carried it on pretty well. Um, I I like I I liked it a lot. I I thought it was a really cool, like you said, it was a really cool way to like bring the concept of this this real competition that happened because i read the blurb at the end of issue zero mm -hmm. that is explaining yeah this thing was real mm -hmm. this happened yo do you remember when they were willing to spend this much money on video games crazy anyway uh and i was like holy what this is nuts and i was just like i was primed i was pumped i was ready to go uh and i think like the undercurrent of peter facing his mortality and also reconnecting with these childhood friends but the way that he and alvin left things i thought was just such a good thematic through line under everything else mm -hmm. uh and again like i think the sword side is used so well like the way it does uh when alvin shows up again it's it's got like um uh affection rejected mm -hmm. uh that are appearing on two different books before alvin greets him and it's like it's the sword side like coming in to like quickly cue you in i thought they use it as such a good device for like telling you how they know things, but also like making you aware of plot details uh, early, giving you clues, which is what the whole thing is supposed to be about. It really made the clue finding and solving puzzles of what the video game mechanic would be feel organic to the comic storytelling, which Ready Player One absolutely failed to do at every single corner I can possibly think of. Now, now that you have brought in the Ready Player One, um, uh, what's the word? Um, Comparison, uh, comparison. The um, the book does ring a lot better to me now that I have now because like I'm looking at it as a comic book and then you're like Ready Player One should have done this. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, should have. I, uh, I now love... that I had that comparison, I'm kind of like, oh you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm much more into this now. 
I, I love the idea that it starts off of like a regular, there's a movie called Fanboys. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's about, yeah. um, uh, I think it's Fanboys. It's the one where the yes. kid, yeah, the, the kid is dying of cancer and his one dream is to see episode one before yes. he passes away. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's like this quest, right? And it's, that's like a fun adventure. It's not like this. But that's the tone I thought this whole book was going to be. I thought, I didn't know there was going to be any actual magic or anything like that. I thought it was going to be just this d- guy dealing with his death and his friends and like, and like uh, uh, what's the word? Um, Reconciliation. 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 Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm tired, sleepy. Uh, but then it turned into when freaking Conrad Juros, uh, he just like, oh, I guess I gotta kill Peter now, and he puts on a bunch of robes, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is actually really silly, and I love it, and like the the, the Minotaur man, like, I love um, it. the other thing I thought was cool is that it's like it's picking up a lot of story beats that come from the comic that was made before that they refer to like yeah. mm-hmm. there, there's art that is recreating images from that old comic and i'm like that's that's dope it's so weird that's really cool the, the covers of this comic are never really in the comic there's very little of like the two like blonde big leaves. right because those it's it's a it there were variants that were referencing the, yeah. the dc comics sword yeah. quest comic that came out way back when and it's those characters yeah. those twins which i thought that was such a cool translation device like here are these two black twins he knew. Mm-hmm. They're the twins. Yeah, See yeah. how this carried over? It's always so, in his life. I'm like, oh, it's crazy. And you were there, and you were there. So funny enough, as I was reading this book, because on the place where I read Sword Quest, the original 1982 Sword Quest that DC put out was right below it. Mm-hmm. And part of me really kind of wanted to like, just like flip through. I, I didn't make the ch- the time to do it, but I want to flip through those those issues and, and maybe read a few of them to see because you had to read the book and play the game in order to solve the riddles yeah and these were hard riddles back in the early days you had to really like dig deep and know your stuff and i was like and like looking and reading into this because this is i this is one of those cha- uh, those things where i feel like it's a perfect symmetry of video game history mm-hmm. what actually happened and us and the fantastical all mix and combine in a really good harmony because it is true air world for the atari 2600 was never made it was canceled those prizes were actually won by people but they couldn't give them the ultimate sword because that the last game was never officially made and so because yeah. people actually the people either owned or unsold and got rid of those priceless artifact those priceless items because it's like well we need the money now so just to see, just to, the because I don't know if the sword actually was made. I don't know if that was just something they put in this in the book, but it's something that just made my my retro history heart like flutter because like because that's actually something that happened. Ben. And then Ben, what your nostalgia's bitch heart? Do it right. <laughs> it's a little retro. It's a little like glitchy. glitchy it's heart. like an eight bit heart that's just beating. Yeah. So my, yeah. so my nostalgia's bitch heart is like, oh, this is this is great. They did their research, and I actually just looked something up just out of sheer curiosity. Centipede and Sword Quest are the only two Atari games that Dynamite published Aww. As in, in comic book form. I am now bummed because I really want to see more. I was I, hoping, I was hoping there was like a dozen that we just have never read. I'm like, sweet, I, I got a whole landmine full. I was hoping that there was going to be because there are so many other Atari games you can do. You I can didn't do want to. Sequel to to uh, Centipede because I liked Centipede as no. it was. Oh no, um, that's a great one off. I would have read. I would have read an ongoing of this book in a heartbeat. Me too, hundred percent. Yeah, but it's I'm, it's such a I'm good talking, idea. Yeah, I'm talking about other classic Atari games. Like you could. Oh, made... I know. I w- I just wanted to keep the conversation oh, to yeah. Sword Quest. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Whereas Sword Quest, you know, if there was a sequel to Sword Quest, you know that they could have done. You know, they easily could have done with the Sword Quest one. Call it Sword Quest Air World Volume One, and had like Earth World, Fire uh, Fire World, and Air World, or yeah. Water World. They could have had all four worlds and told the whole story. Yeah, I. I think this is a, a really funny book. I think that the writing is really clever and really funny. There's a lot of really just good comedic moments. Um, there's, uh, what's the what's the guy's, is Terry. it Terry? Terry, who's an actual minotaur. Uh, that dude's really funny. Uh, they're all arguing and then he's just like, the fate of two worlds hangs in a precarious balance just in the middle of a room. I, uh, that dude's I, hilarious. I love when they walk back into the room and Alvin's like, yeah, I'm going to go with him. And they're like, yo, what? And he's like, yo, he knows stuff. Yeah. He shouldn't know, so I'm going to go. <laughs> There's uh there's a dark arcade where all the games that never got uh published go um and it's gonna be hard to see but there's a there's a uh there's a Mortal Kombat clone called Swan Lake so uh, I'm just really curious about Swan Lake the Mortal Kombat clone I'm very I'm very curious about that um there's a great gag real quick man there's a great gag when they're describing a plan and they're using toys to yeah. describe the plan and throughout the issue they actually use the toys as the pictures of the characters in the comic and like it's kind of hard to describe in the audio form. But um, it's it's just really funny, and like it's putting like a toy person's head on a regular person's body uh, in this in this environment, and it's just it's really clever stuff. I think I think the sorcerer guys, uh, uh, Jeros is really funny. Yes, uh, I think most of the comedy works. I thought this had like a really nice like emotional punch to it that I didn't expect, just because again I don't know what this comic was gonna be. Um, I was very there's surprised. a great there's a great uh, thematic parallel that I like of. The thing about a magic sword is even without the magic, it's still a it's sword. It's still a sword, yeah. I like uh, that. They use that twice, and I think it's, it's used very well both times. I, I agree. I love the uh, the concept of him pulling out the, the moonlight and then the sunlight oh, later, and when he light. pulls it out, when he pulls out the sunlight in front of her, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, I think what this was one of my favorite like one-page jokes in the whole thing, so I took a picture of it, which is, is this a bandolier of burner phones? This is when Terry's going through the plane, the airport security, and it's like, yes, I do not wish to have my communications monitored by the dark and sinister forces arrayed against us in our quest for the sword. Yeah. I think we're going to need to do a full search, sir. <laughs> Inventory management is key. Make sure you bring the right tools. Uh, so there's so many of these game tips. Uh, that are just really funny and clever. It's like, uh, like, oh, make sure you, you know all your enemies' weaknesses or just like all this little stuff that would be in a game that relates to the comic itself. Um, something that I don't talk about often, that's because it's nor it's like when it's done well, you don't think about, um, is the lettering. Um, there's really good lettering when it comes to interruptions. And it's something that I that I look out for in comics because when it's done well, I just notice it. Um, here it's like that. When when characters are talking and then somebody's trying to interrupt them, sometimes the speech bubble will not be close as it needs to be to show that you're that you're interrupting someone. This is a really good example of how you do this. It's gonna be hard to see. You put the speech bubble like right over. Oh, that's impossible to see. You put the speech bubble right over it, uh, and you really and you highlight the the uh, you bold the lettering, and it just it's a really nice way of doing lettering. That's like the lettering in this comic is good. And again, something you don't really talk about in comic books. Yeah, I really like whenever they talk about the sword, the lettering for the sword is different. Um, one of the things that I think Dynamite does, um, and I think Dynamite does it as a company, uh, but this might just be for this, um, is that profanity, they'll like uh, blackout instead yeah. of use the, the symbols. Yeah, um, I prefer the blackout. Uh, this is kind of a this is going to be a really a real nitpicky thing. But when it's just symbols, I can't always tell which profanity the which profanity they're using. But when it's this, I can't. I always can. And yeah. also the thing, Brandon, is, and this isn't always the case, but sometimes they won't even use the amount, the proper amount of letters used for the swear yeah. word. 
they'll just put like expletive, like five expletives, and you're trying to figure out what is a swear word, and it won't actually match because yeah. they're just doing it. So I also prefer the black, the black words. You just it's less to leave the chance because yeah. that way they they actually wrote it and then they blacked it over and you can the the proper swear word and sit and search in your mind so the the dialogue yeah, yeah. flows more naturally absolutely right, yeah. look really really hard in some cases you actually see what it's supposed to say too yeah just a little bit yeah um yeah, yeah i i really enjoyed this i thought it was re a really inventive way just like centipede of an inventive way to handle the material based around this really old ass game yeah um and translate it to comic form i think it is in general especially because of the reality of the whole competition setup an easier thing to do to translate this than centipede centipede is wild as hell because centipede is centipede turned into that yeah. comic um mm -hmm. so it's not really fair to compare other than the fact that like these are coming from that same source but i still think this did a really good job with what it had and it's it's a good thing when you end your comic and i want to keep reading more of it in a sense um i do think it still had a, a, a good character ending thing but it definitely is like I, I feel like there should be more of this story yeah uh rather than feeling like i got the wrap-up that i felt when i finish centipede uh there's a great moment at uh, near the beginning like when they're like getting the team together and um it's it's alvin's the brother right yeah. um he's like yo man i know exactly how you're feeling like i know you, you're about to die i got kicked off a tv show like i it's it's and he's like are you really comparing our situations right now man, uh, they, they really don't they don't address it much later in the comic which i was surprised about but i i because you like you, you're not sure what alvin feels sexual about him uh, yeah, yeah. like and then uh they have that one guy come up to him at the airport and he's like you yeah i thought out. it was so brave of you to come out on your show and i'm like oh yo they're not what yeah and i was surprised that that didn't come up between him and peter at all it, it is but it makes me wonder if like if there was more planned and mm -hmm. like that's something they would flesh out because yeah it, like when they first meet like when they're kids like it looks like uh uh our main character is a likes the other character looks alvin and then alvin doesn't reciprocate but it turns out maybe alvin it uh, was was is gay or was gay and just like didn't know what to do and like now is like ready for it which like, is which is a whole different thing like just what that weighs on peter like it's one thing to have like someone you're close to like reject your affection mm -hmm. like that it's another thing to watch them get famous be on tv and come out there yeah and be and then have that all reopened on you again yeah yeah i think all that stuff's handled well and again it isn't like they don't they don't they don't do a lot with it which again is 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 nice because i i'm i'm kind of hoping that there was more plan than they would you know kind of get together or something yeah. but i think like the journey of like like these two different people at different points in their lives and like, oh, they might end up together. It's it's a nice, it's a nice three line that doesn't doesn't go anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't have much else. No, I'm I am a hundred percent surprised. And thank you, Ben, for choosing these two comics. Um like it just makes me like I'm always someone who gives I like to think I like to give comics a chance. I always pick up number ones, but I wasn't someone who would pick up a centipede number one. Because like I just have an idea of what that comic would be, and now I know it could be comics can be whatever they want. So like this does make me more excited to check out like maybe check out some video game adaptations that I haven't read yet. That you know, because yeah. there's a bunch of like Assassin's Creed ones that are written by Alex Packnerdale, who apparently that apparently those are pretty good, but I've never read them because they're tie-in comics. So like this is like this is a new avenue for me maybe. Uh, real quickly, Mag, knowing <gasps> that we're probably getting out of here. Mag, good night, sir. Um, good night, as always, Love you, man. he says, "Have a good night, gang. Stay safe and catch you later." Next week, like. as always. Um, so, I am still very bummed that Dynamite did not continue with the Atari, their, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call it the Atari line, the Atari line of comic books, where they take older Atari games and they spit them into new things. I can only assume that possibly it was due to low sales. I don't know exactly why, but after reading Centipede, I wanted more. Because I remember while I was picking up Sword Quest, I saw an ad in for Centipede, and I'm like, oh, cool, they're doing Centipede next. 
Unfortunately, I never found it. I never got it. Now that I have read them, both of these in their entirety, I cannot wait to go find these trades in, in either a convention or in a comic store or where have you. I want these on my shelf, and I am bummed mm-hmm. I'm only going to get two because I would love a breakout one. I would love oh, – what's another – I love an adventure one. There are so many classic Atari games that you can easily reimagine and give creators like, hey, if you love this stuff, go buck wild. Do your thing. Give us four or five issues. Have fun. Do whatever you want with it. And those games are those games are so like simple. Like there really isn't a lot to them. So you really can craft whatever story oh, yeah. you want. And yeah. it's so it's so nice that the publisher like like Dynamite. What are you gonna do with Dynamite? What are you gonna do? But like they allowed um, them to take these comics in such different and unique creative ways, uh, different creative directions, and it really does feel like these are uh, for the most part passion projects for these writers who are, who are like, hey, we I have this really ridiculous idea for a centipede comic uh can i do it and like yeah go nuts so um there is one old atari comic that was supposed to get a a uh a re uh a relaunch not a relaunch sorry uh a, a re what's it called mm-hmm. when you put it back out when it's re-release yeah re-release. yeah I'm, I'm bad with words it's called atari force and it's a comic from oh. the 80s and it's a team uh, a team of kids handpicked by Atari, the Advanced Technolo- Technology and Research Institute, and they help save the world. And it's basically just uh, Captain Planet, but for Atari. Uh, where's that relaunch, baby? That omnibus got canceled. They're going to put it out, and it got canceled because of the pandemic. Damn. Mm-hmm. All right. I was actually looking that up when I was trying to find if uh, Diamond did any more Atari books, and I'm like, man, I really. I really want them to do more, but it looks yeah. like they're not because I think uh, Centipede came out and this and Centipede came out in 2017. Yeah. yeah. So um, I highly doubt there's any more coming, which that's a bummer. Yeah. That's a bummer. All right. Uh, Ryan? It's me. It's well, time I'm for a book club. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry you felt it was fine. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that are fine. Hey, I'm Ryan, and I also like comic books. I'm I so we watched a series recently called The Falcon slash The Winter Soldier, and I wanted to read something involving those two guys or or one of those two guys. And I was looking through my Marvel Unlimited because Marvel Unlimited for only nine ninety nine can get almost every comic Marvel's ever published. That's not a sponsored ad. Please support me. And I was like, I'm gonna read some Winter Soldier. So I looked at some books, and I'm like, I don't want to read just the traditional Winter Soldier book because those are all good, but it's traditional. So I picked. Bucky Barnes, The Winter Soldier, written by Alice Cott and pencils by Marco Rudy. This is Bucky Barnes when he's the protector of Earth in space. This is a cosmic Bucky Barnes book that nobody bought, maybe except me and Brandon. Um, This book, I haven't read it since it came out, but I was reading it today, and I'm like, this is sick. This is so cool. And and Marco Rudy is a type of artist, uh, like a Bill Sienkiewicz, who is like super uh, painterly and ethereal, and like not the type of guy uh, Marco Rudy. Oh, there you go. Um, it's not the type of uh, Winter Soldier. Isn't a type of guy you would be a big cosmic book. This was a big risk, and it didn't work. Unfortunately, nobody bought the book. Um, but we're gonna read Volume One. It has some amazing art. We'll see if the story holds up. You know what? They did twelve issues though, and I have all twelve. I also have. Oh, so, yes, I, I would find them, but they're like locked way in, way under my long box. I I was so. This was one of the early Marvel books that I got. It, that I got. I was so into this idea, like throwing Bucky into the cosmic world after yeah. Original Sin. Yep. Uh, yeah, so into it. Original no, no, 2014. You know what? I I need to reread this because I remember Brandon loaded me a few of the issues. I wasn't the biggest fan of them, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to give them another shot. Hey, it's definitely a weird book. Like yeah. it definitely goes yeah. for it. So we'll see. I do remember the art being. I liked the art, but I didn't quite like. I didn't 
I remember thinking that this wasn't the story I wanted to read. So yeah. I'm interested to go back and see if that's changed. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, because like, <laughs> why did you make Bucky the new Nick Fury in space? Why did you do this? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, okay, so next week, guys, um, it is Jupiter's Legacy. Season 1 drops on Netflix. So we are going to be comparing at least the first episode of the Netflix Jupiter's Legacy to the first volume of that comic. Um, oh, wait, that means we skip our book club, doesn't it? usually oh yeah we can just yeah so my book club will be in two weeks how about okay, that okay two weeks for, for ryan's yeah, book club two weeks to read it uh so jupiter i totally blanked on that one but so jupiter's legacy volume one uh compare that to the show i apologize ryan so yeah no that's fine uh so we will be talking about the first episode uh we we talked about it before we might watch up to the first three but we're definitely just watching the first episode for sure comparing yeah. it to the comic um just time wise you know we might not be able to get to the whole show but Unless it's unless it's excellent, and then maybe we'll see. <laughs> what if it's only three episodes? Oh my god, that'd be <laughs> what a season! Um, okay, so look forward to that. Um, and then, of course, hey guys, we do a lot. We have a we have um, we have a network without calling it a network. Um, mm-hmm. You can check out, as I mentioned up top, my new show, Conversation, uh, for you audio listeners. Uh, that is linked below. A new episode, Michael Tanner uh, from the Burn After Pitching podcast. Um, I forgot who's next. I meant to write it down, but um, this Thursday, hopefully I'll be able to put up a new episode. So I may have some delays now that I'm up here, but I'll keep you guys in the loop. I mean, audience guys, not you guys. Screw you guys. Okay. <laughs> and check out the rest of the stuff on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, if you're watching this live, like Mag does every week, or if you're watching uh, the replay, um, or if you're even audio, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to our channel. Make sure to like this video. Uh, check out all the other cool stuff on our channel, such as our Fake Nerds Watch series, which I just said up top. We finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hey, shout-outs to my sister-in-law for watching all our Falcon and Winter Soldier episodes and subscribing. Thank you. <laughs> she did, indeed. Oh, man, I forgot I, I forgot that they were married for a second. Yep. <laughs> I saw my nephew this past weekend. It was great. And um, we alluded it, too, but we will be doing a um, Fake Nerds Watch special on Invincible uh, soon. Uh, we'll coordinate that, and that'll be up uh, shortly. Uh, probably not this week, maybe next week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Basement Arcade, of course. We have our Basement Arcade series and our Basement Arcade pause menu uh, series. Those are up as well. And Fake Nerd Book Club, which we will get a new episode out as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more difficult now that I'm up here, but hey. That will be Gotham Academy. Yay. Thank you. Um, we also have masks. I still don't know what to do with the rest of that fabric. So, hey, buy some masks. Um, <laughs> we, ha- we don't have a lot left. We did pretty well on those. Um, but hey, if you guys still want a Fickner podcast mask, you can still buy them from Crafted by Z. Um, linked below. Um, our Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon, we have our three tiers on Patreon. The second tier, our ten dollars tier. Ben, you're 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 passing. You're 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 allowing people into your club it's a special club there's a special club that you that you are friends with stephen king you too listener watcher you can also be a best friend of stephen king uh, if, we get, if we get 15 10 subscribers ben's going to lead his own stephen king book club with those subscribers yep. it'll be a new show no not and he, only, and he can only recite it by memory of all the books that he's read no. he can't look up anything about the books that he's read 
And if anybody challenges him and says something in this is wrong because they also are like, I read the book and I think that this happened, point to the shirt. then Ben has to adamantly say that they're wrong and defend his point. He is his best I'd friend. watch the shit out of this show. <laughs> Absolutely. I am just so scared that if this Stephen King stink gets word of this, they're going to come after us, and I don't want to be a part of that. No one's Stephen coming King is not coming after us. We have five <laughs> subscribers. Oh, no. They'll come after us because we said Ben's his biggest fan. Oh, no. <laughs> he has a fan. Let's get him. Um, and, of course, our tea Public, if you don't want to get a great deal of $10 for a shirt... I don't know what's wrong with you. You can get a more expensive shirt on our Tee Public. We got tons of cool stuff up on Tee Public. Um, check that out. Still nice shirts, though. Still nice shirts. Uh, all of that is linked below, as well as you can find it on our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Um, also linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens, and thank you to everyone who watches the replay. Who? Thank you to Mag. Mag, you're crazy, dude. It's early. It's early. It's early. And he, Man, yeah, he's dude, done, he's, he's done, done later. He's done longer. He's been with us a few a.m. once. He's crazy. Um, real quickly, guys, it is early. Do we want to vamp for like thirty minutes? Nope. <laughs> I got some Pokemon I need to take pictures of. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, thank you to everyone, guys. All your support, even if it's just all of it, is so great. We love you. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our musical interludes and our themes. Um. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. Of course, his podcast, Suburban, Pro- Suburban Proctologist. We can find that on iTunes, of course, or Suburban Proctologist Official, or Instagram at Subpop Podcast. Guys, there's a Suburban Proctologist shirt on our Tee Public. Amazing. If you're a big fan of that show. Thank you to Mike Matola. Tried to get Mike Matola on this month, but because I've, I'm now up here, it might not happen. Um, maybe mm-hmm. next month, hopefully. Because I miss him. You can find him at Mike Matola. Just know he has chickens. Yep. yep. Yeah. We had a whole discussion with him. My next door neighbor has chickens and a rooster. Um, and I want to kill the rooster. Is your next door neighbor Mike Matola? My my <laughs> parents' neighbors also have chickens. Oh, but, but is it a rooster too? Nope. Nobody's oh. that stupid. <laughs> She has a rooster. I like waking up at 3.30 in the morning. What are you doing? So, uh, essentially, Brandon, you want to go and stuff the rooster, right? So, my dad calls the... My dad calls the uh, uh, garbage disposal the grinder. And he puts... And we talked about, like, he put Doritos in there once for some reason. And we were like, that's weird. Why'd you do that? And so I said... So I said, you know, Doritos don't go in in the grinder. But you know what could? The damn rooster. (laughs) There you go. Paul and Allison Chains asked them to come over and take care of that rooster. <laughs> anyway, no animals were harmed in the making of this documentary. Um, all right, that was a good joke. That was a good joke. That was a good joke. Lots of good jokes. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me on the internet uh, at benmagnet 27 like we said at the very top of the show, I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. The link to my newest article about using uh, video game guides to beat your retro games is down below. And also, Little Sizzle, a new Basement Arcade uh, pause menu episode is going to get recorded this weekend. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Cool. Uh, Sparks? Uh, you can find me reading at least nine books about the atomic age and <laughs> pop culture at the time. At Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. 
Ryan. You could find me everywhere at DJ Tony Snark, potentially streaming with my new green screen camera stand and PlayStation 5. But we'll see how I feel emotionally. Look at you, big spender. I got it. Thanks, Papa Joe. <laughs> might, might as well get that roadcaster, make it official. Hey, he did all that for you. You're going to pledge allegiance on loyalty day, man? Never! <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel, and until next week, guys, Raptor Bash? Raptor Bash. Rah.